Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. And now, a reading from The Great Gatsby. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the same, er, haven't (laughs) had the advantages that you've had. He didn't say any more. He left me and now I have no relationship with my father. I fucked up, Brooke. I heard that. I watched the line. I thought you were going to do some bit where you were like, my father gave me some advice, which is when you think about people, just remember that they're gay or Uh, something. No, I'm oh. not, not going to think something out that through or thoroughly. I'm also, uh, yeah, anyways, that's from The Great Gatsby. That's the intro. My book's from my father, and it's all marked up from his notes when he was in college, and it's really interesting to see what he's underlined. Like, he underlined, I live in West Egg, and I'm like, okay, was that just <laughs> to tell yourself you lived in West Egg? A really important fact. Or, she's a nice girl, said Tom after a moment. Hmm. I don't know. Love you, Dad, but I don't know why you <laughs> were underlining that. I can't believe you that. still have that. I don't think I still have my physical copy. I have. I keep every book from high school and everything. Wow. I really. Maybe it's a, an issue that I have a hard time uh, letting go of things. I just feel like I didn't care about any of the books we read in high school enough to the keep The Scarlet them. Letter? Ex- we didn't read that. Did you keep Did, did you, you keep your copy letter? of The Great Gatsby? Or I any? kept nothing. Absolutely not. But what? also, I mean, well, you also grew up on the other side of the country. Like... I, I'm obsessed with buying books, so if I keep books, then I can never buy any new ones. That's Facts. the problem. I understand that. But I like we didn't read a single good book in high school except for The Great Gatsby. Yeah. So like that's the only one that I was the only Oh, Catcher in the Rye. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. I don't like Catcher in the Rye. Whoa. Oh. And I gotta go. How <laughs> how come? How come? Um, I don't know. I just don't. Are we gonna? Is this gonna be literature talk like today? Like Holden Caulfield, it has to be. The Great Gatsby is like the most like stereotypical yeah. like high school yes. English book. Like I was like, I, you're talking about something I don't understand. Can you say that title again one more time? The Great Gatsby. I don't know them. What do you mean? Come the, on, get it, get the, it. The it's... Gay Gatsby. No, oh. wait, really? The Great Gatsby. I feel like the Gay Gatsby is better. I think the Gay Gatsby is better. Uh, <laughs> I've side with Brooke on this one. Why it's on my side. I hate this the podcast. Gatesby? I'm leaving. <laughs> the Great Gatesby? The Great Gatesby? I don't like it. It sounds like you're just like pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. You're maybe right. <laughs> <laughs> you know who wasn't pronouncing things wrong who? was the accents in this movie are incredible. Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. Where there's Wait. there are a couple lines where the girl goes like, "Play ball." She's like, "What? You don't want to like have yes. a little sexy with me?" That's great. Which girl? The yeah. When he goes to like Myrtle, where they oh, go to like Myrtle's Myrtle and her sister? sister, sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then also like the cop at the end when he just says blue, he goes. Blue. blue. No, no, no. He's like, blue. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It was a blue that car. That line is like burned into my memory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. 
blue. This mo- I feel like this whole movie's seared into my skull. Yeah. Just from the trailers, everything. Mm-hmm. What movie oh, are yeah. we talking about? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, one of the things I remember so distinctly about this movie was it was supposed to come out over Christmas and then got delayed yes. to May. <gasps> yes. But there were, all the trailers had come out and it was like one of the those trailers things. trailers came out a year before. Yeah. And they would play before everything and I was so pumped and I just like have the trailer seared into do my you, memory with the music too. Which, the music? which trailer do you have seared into your brain? Because I feel like I have a specific one, and I'm interested to see if you have one. I remember the Florence That's song, a, a, yeah, like over the love one. Yeah, yes, and her green love like that. <laughs> oh, sorry, one more time. <laughs> green love. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, she sings it just like that, yeah. and it was just like it's iconic. It's so good. She's. I mean, the soundtrack in general is incredible. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I, I have the the one with Filters cover of Happy Together, where it's like. Uh, it like goes screamo. It's like I can't see, and he, but it's like oh. yelling it, and, and Gatsby oh. like goes to punch, and also the crazy in love. Yes, yeah, Got the crazy in love so crazy. That yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I also remember the sort of like fade out at the end, being like, "You can't change the past." Of course you of can. Course. Yes. and then it like fades out. But then it's not in the movie. He it says, is no. He says it, but it's a like the. It's, it should be my dear boy. Of course you can. The trailer line is different than the actual movie line, and that mm. bugged me the first time I saw the movie. I was like, yeah. This was in the trailer wow that's gonna spike on the audio Uh, whatever i think this is a great time to introduce ourselves before this gets too off track (laughs) yes who are you if we're in the gatsby universe who do you compare yourself to jordan baker please you you say you're nick i said i'm jordan baker i'm sorry no you are not would you say i'm i would say you're Dr. Eckelberg's Dr. eye. Dr. Yeah. TJ You're the eyes looking That's over okay. everyone. Then That's you're okay. Jason Clark, bitch. No, I'm I'm the car. <laughs> a real Whoa. hit with the ladies? No. I'm One just, more thing. I get thrown into a garage and forgot Not Myrtle? Forever. Actually, I'd probably be in Myrtle. Let's be real. How about you, you, Wyatt? You? Um, hello, I'm Wyatt. And actually, this is great because I want to bring this up. Good. Have you guys taken go. the quiz where it's like, should you... we take this live? No. <laughs> it's so long. It's like a really extended like personality quiz about... Yes! Yeah. I am Katara from Avatar The oh, Last Airbender. Love that for you. Anyway, I took it a couple of weeks ago. The two characters who I'm like the most like, it's like both are 87% are Jay Gatsby and Carrie... From Carrie? From <laughs> Sex and the City? Yeah. Carrie, what's her last name? I don't remember. Se- oh my gosh. I'm Carrie totally Bradshaw. Like Jessica <laughs> Parker? Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst fate any hopeless no, romantic great. could get is that's that great. you're like Carrie Bradshaw and Jay Gatsby. Like, of course I'm doomed. Yeah. It's fine. Carrie Look, wins It's though. fun being a hopeless romantic though, isn't it? <laughs> is it fun, Jordan? No, it's awful. I hate it. <laughs> I feel like this become a theme. It's just like each week I'm progressively revealing more about my hopeless romantic self. Right, and exactly. Brooke's just like, oh, I'm in a happy relationship. Yeah. Isn't it great? It's true. Let's turn off our mic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is actually just Wyatt and Jordan. Now. Yeah. We're just going to talk about relationships for a bit. Oh, but you also, guys can take all the relationships in this movie. They're all a mess. They are all a mess they are. and the whole point of the book in the movie is how much it sucks to be a hopeless romantic and how yes. it basically kills you yeah oh god it's That's like throwing bleak. yourself in front of a car that's why i love it yeah, it's, great. it's great i did during this movie though have a note that i did delete but i did i wasn't going to bring it up and now i guess i'm here and now i'm on the spot and it's quiet uh i did write there was one point where i wrote oh fuck i'm nick uh, yeah when there was like just like this one like the way he was like flirting and the way he was talking and how he was just kind of like constantly like on the periphery of conversations but never diving in and i was like oh no he's like, both within and without it, yes wow, in terms deep. of his sexuality as well exactly mm-hmm. yes um, yes yes but yeah i had that note. i do 
feel like I weirdly relate to Nick in this movie more. I feel like that's a good person to relate to, though. Is it? Yes. To end up in a sanatorium? Yeah. <laughs> Although, isn't that an added... That's an added That's added detail. from the book, yeah. Boslerman yeah. decided. Yes, yeah, so he's like, <laughs> you know what? This bitch needs AA yeah. real quick. I mean, I would have if I was in this movie world for, Ooh, like, yeah. a day. Your liver is just Disaster. destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your lungs, the, all the smoking. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. This movie. Hello, who are you? I am Brooke Solomon. I am Jordan Gustafson. I'm Wyatt Muma. Oh, Ooh, my God. We have a guest. Hello. And Hi. we are delighted to have you here. Oh, I'm a lovely person. to be had. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, yes, you're, you're like getting had. Like, this is a hoodwink. We're here. We're trying to use you. I've been kidnapped. Somebody yes. please call my mom. <laughs> we're like Gatsby. We're trying to like get you to talk to. We built this entire podcast like just to have you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm the daisy of the You're podcast. The, yeah. Oh my God. There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. You're just going to leave us alone in our little coffin. Yeah. yeah she exactly. really like fucks right out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She says, bye. <laughs> like, fuck <laughs> you. You died. Bitch. I yeah. murdered someone, but I'm not taking responsibility. Oh. I love this movie. But yeah, I feel like when we first talked about having you on, Wyatt, I sent you like a huge list of like movies we were thinking of doing and immediately you were like, Gatsby. Yes. Gatsby. Absolutely. Why? Why? Um, It. I think that like Boz Lerman is like obviously the queerest director alive without even being. (laughs) I mean, he could be queer. We don't know. I've never actually looked into it. I do know he's married to a woman. But um, he's just so like of the gay moment in a way. And I think the most queer quality to have is like the pining and he does it better than anybody else. We love some I pining. I would say that I completely agree. Like Baz's, the way he shoots like pining and yearning and like intimacy yes. between relationships, specifically like this one in Moulin Rouge, I feel like mm-hmm. are like the distillation of it. Like that first interaction when Ewan and Nicole Kidman see each other is mm-hmm. just so emotionally compelling and i feel again like this when gatsby and daisy first meet in the room together with all the flowers and he's just dripping wet you know mm-hmm. Same Romeo and Juliet. Say, yes True. totally and like you know the way he has like that amazing way of shooting people and that like oh my god you can just, just see take them his gun away <laughs> when you can see them like aching for like the object of their affection like yes. you were saying mm-hmm. definitely with you and i think a ton with leo and romeo and juliet and i think oh but god. i i think that i see it the most in this movie oh, with right. nick oh shit a double Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. His his astro- astrology chart's got to be off the fucking <laughs> tracks here. Ego um, out wow, the Wow, I roof. didn't even realize that he had done Romeo and Juliet with Leo. Yeah. What an idiot I am. But also, okay, I've never seen Australia. Um, so I, I, I don't can't... think anyone has. <laughs> yeah. But like the fish tank scene, has anything more iconic ever been committed to no. film? Like, no. come on. Like, yeah. That's just... Cutest rom-com. <laughs> or like, or uh, be cute. Sorry. Right. Yeah, totally. It's a rom-com. And the wings, the outfits. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Every Is there an movie... outfit in this movie that stood out to you where you like, I need that? Hmm. Oh, mine is Daisy's like first dress that she appears in the sort of like white mm-hmm. feathered one when, where she's when, in the room with the curtains with all the curtains that yeah. are just yeah. blasting around oh yeah. i love that scene yeah. i like all of jordan's outfits oh, I, that's amazing okay i i agree yeah. yes my jordan outfit is jordan outfit first gatsby party right that is the like black slinky yes yeah. i don't think that anything hotter has ever been put to screen. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Debicki is so menacing in she, this yeah. movie. It's she, great. The yeah. reason why this movie is good is because she's tall mm-hmm. and they allow her to be tall. Right. And that is why it is good. And isn't Tobey Maguire like 5'5 five, five or yeah. something? Like he's tiny. Yeah. yeah. But the way she carries the martini glass and that, like the way she, if someone could carry a drink 
like sexy mm-hmm. uh, is there i don't know if there's something hotter yes right yes yeah. it's the same way that gatsby like toast his drink too it's like yes. from the bottom yes. yeah it's very casual because you can like hold it out and like you know swan around but like your drink will stay steady because you're supporting it so like yeah i mean i don't want to make this a thirsty episode where we're just pining and because we've for never done that no, no, no. before we've never been horny on main <laughs> um every goddamn episode but who are you pining for in In this this movie movie? um elizabeth javicki as is she your number one golfer hello really that doesn't make sense with your type yeah yeah i mean look scary women that could like step on me like she's actually like horror like very scary in this movie i mean i think i know it's in the book i'm pretty sure it's in the movie too nick's like she was the most intimidating person i had ever laid eyes upon and i'm like yeah yeah that that she sounds is. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Your picks? Your Wyatt. picks? Oh, man. Are we talking about like in real life or like... No, in the movie. Okay, but I guess you movie. could do real life too. Well, I feel like in real life, I would completely be in a Daisy situation. Like I would find Tom so attractive and it would just ruin my life. Mm. Um, <laughs> but in the movie... <laughs> this is... I think this is the best Joel Edgerton has ever looked though. I'm usually yeah. like not about it, but he, look, he looks good in I this. have... I don't... I don't... I want to save it for when we talk about the movie, but... I think he's the MVP of this movie. I can see that. I think this is his best performance because I don't like him in a lot of stuff. I think he's acting circles around every single person in this movie. Okay, that's... No, 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 no. (laughs) Specifically the scene where they all go to New York and they're sweating. Yeah. That one sequence, he is just out acting everybody like when he puts his head against Gatsby and starts like mm. chortling Chuckling, and yeah. just like the sweat on the back of his neck and how he's just doing laps like he does a little thing where he like puts his hand he Joel Egerton kills this movie do he's we think so he's good. like an actual ally though because I still have like weird feelings about him after Boy from Boy yeah but like that seems like just such gay trauma mm. porn to me. I think that so the type of projects that Joel Edgerton is attracted to as like a director, like a writer director, seems like the kind of projects that he's like this will win me an Oscar. Yeah. but they keep like whiffing really hard. Well, right. The gift was kind of good. Yeah, but then it's like The King and Boy Race mm-hmm. like back to yeah. back, and him being like all over those as a creative force. I mean, yeah. he's great. It comes in, at night. He's great and loving, but it comes at night is also like eh. he yeah. I guess his you know. creative stuff is, but he's, I think he's a fine director. Sure. Fine. I don't know. I don't, I, I want him in more stuff. I think he's a great actor. I yeah. wish that he would do more stuff like this. I feel like he's very image concerned. Yes. So if he is going to play someone unsavory, he wants to be like also directing it. So it's like yeah. more of a wink, wink, like boy like race. Ben Affleck sort of does. Exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, uh, <laughs> we can team up for some Ben Affleck slander. Whoa. Okay, perfect. <laughs> because That's what I came here for. Jordan loves him. Do you, how do you feel about, my king. Um, really? Come really? On. Your king? I'm making us team has, Jennifer shirts. You, you yes. know what I mean? I don't know. You know, I was talking about how people carry their drinks and how that's hot. I don't think I've ever seen someone carry a Duncan in a better way than my king. Ben Is, does he carry it from the top? The, the way you're supposed to carry it. <laughs> that's so that's weird. The, you know, that's like considered like the gay way to carry a drink, but not like in a bad stereotypical way. Just oh, in you like said a... Duncan. I was trying to figure out what word came out of your mouth. <laughs> Is this just because, like, I have an accent? <laughs> like, what is this? No, because I never heard somebody refer to a coffee as a Duncan. Oh. Well, look, they're both on, to give the viewers a visual perspective, they're both on one side of the table, and they're both staring at me now, and I feel very scared. I feel like it's high school again, and I'm getting bullied. Well, Wyatt and I align very closely on most, like, media opinions. When's your birthday? Are you a Leo, too? No, I'm May 5th. 
I'm a Taurus. Oh, this makes sense then. So you're like a lion and a and a, bull. a lion and a yeah. bull walk into very a bar. <laughs> Kill a pig. I feel like we <laughs> probably also have very similar Boston experiences, yeah. whereas Jordan is biased. So because you're I like know. a Boston I'm sorry, boy. What, what bias? <laughs> where so where are you from? What is your what okay, I'm gonna get us on track. We're, sure. We're the train into New York City, baby, okay. and I am getting us on the railway. Choo choo. Where are you from and what is your experience with this book? And movie. And okay, movie. great question. Um, so I'm from outside of DC in Maryland, so also East Coast. I feel like this is a very East Coast story. Um, I actually have really never completed the book, if we're being honest. Here you go. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, because I, <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, there was like the one teacher taught Great Gatsby and the other teacher taught God knows what. I don't remember. Wait, so there's just the... one teacher for one book? No, no, no. no it was no, just, no. it depended on what they wanted to teach. I probably and, read like Esperanza oh, wait, really? Rising or something. And there's like honors English versus like AP English yeah. versus like non honors English. Right, like depending yeah. on what you're in, you study different books. Right, right, right. Yeah. I remember being disappointed because I wanted to study the Great Gatsby, but we were doing something different. Um, And then, but I did go see the movie right after my AP lit test. Exam? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Which was definitely a unique experience. That's what? great. What did you think when you first walked out? Did you love it from Jump Street or were you... From Jump Street? <laughs> yeah. From the... Oh, is that what that... I've never heard that expression. Yeah, from Jump Street. From like the beginning. From like the get-go? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm I trying to, to remember. To Jump Street. Gay. <laughs> What's interesting is I did go see it with my senior year prom date. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. I love... Just what us too. <laughs> did you guys <laughs> nothing go as, happened? Did but... you guys go as Gatsby? Like Yeah, we dressed up. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was funny. I We're both very creative people, so I feel like she was the best person to go see it with. But I remember maybe being a little bit disappointed. I think that, like, Moulin Rouge was, like, such a big deal in my mind. Mm. And, I, like, there was such buildup for this one. And I remember just kind of being, like... I And I still do think this way. Like, I think it kind of falls flat in the third act. It gets pretty draggy. I was super into it. Yeah. And then, like, about two-thirds of the way through, I was like, all right. Yes. But it then just... it picks up at the, the very end. Oh, whoa. I think... I don't know if it lands the... Sticks the landing, so to speak. Once... I feel like once it gets into, like, hardcore Gatsby and Daisy romance, I'm, like, a little more checked out. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's Leo and Carrie? Do you think they're Their not... chemistry? I don't know. I just feel like it gets less interesting because I'm like, okay, great. I guess they're in love now. Jordan is so offended. Is no, that the I part love that it. You like the best. I love this movie. I, I do. I love I, this I, movie. I, 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 I gave it think four. It's, I think it's flawless. Star. Okay. I love it. Here's the thing. I I think it's important to love things, but also be able to. Cre- oh no, there's definitely flaws. Yeah. But I I like really I like on this rewatch. I really like there's fucked with the Daisy and Leo like love a lot mm, that's i feel like okay part, wait i think it's a part of the bumps for me the most here's what like one of my favorite little fun facts about daisy and leo is is like <laughs> daisy and leo <laughs> daisy and leo i meant um carrie and leo is that emma thompson was writing a remake of my fair lady that was supposed to star them <gasps> and then they Cute. signed on to great gatsby and it got like never made obviously yeah. but i would kill to see that movie that would be fun Ooh. yeah I would kill for a 2020 remake of My Fair Lady because they'd really have to revamp it because yes. it would get absolutely crucified if they made it now right, absolutely. with like the same like themes and everything like that. So I would, I'd be down for like a, a woke modern retelling mm-hmm. of uh, My Fair Lady. That's my favorite story trope. Like Pretty Woman. Like yes. it would never work in today's world, but I want to see somebody try it. Isn't there 
like didn't they do some sort of reboot selfie selfie that oh, show selfie yeah. with Karen Gillan and John Cho, Cho I think I think which is like a My Fair Lady yeah. retelling but in modern day and it's like all based around social media oh my god it was like a sitcom though yeah and it only got one season but did, I did I it like was it. the theme song like the Chainsmoker song uh, it was possibly yes uh, I think it might have people been people loved it it was like a cult classic oh on shit ABC. Yeah. yeah oh fuck wow yeah but that's a different no idea that's podcast a, anyway <laughs> we'll do a whole special on selfie yeah yeah i think Wait, it's important now i want to know what you guys thought when you first saw it and in what context adored it go you ahead can go first. No, oh. i have i have all right i don't so, know how much you have i, I have mean, i have a dump so truck much? okay great so like i said this was my favorite book that we read in like high school english mm. we didn't read it I, the other one that i really liked was a separate piece which is a great book and mm. i would love to see a movie about it and you want to talk about some gay subtext Yes. A lot of gay subtext yes. in a separate piece. Yeah, it's great. Is, it reminds me of Dead Poet Society. Is that I think like even like subtext inspired. though? I feel like it was like it's accepted to be. It's textual enough that we talked about it in my like Catholic high school English class. Right. Oh, so, that's when you know. And we yeah. didn't talk about any of the subtext in Gatsby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did you talk about any subtext in Gatsby in high school or no? Well, you didn't read I didn't it. Get to read right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean like with friends. <laughs> I did. Yeah, absolutely. I was that guy who at every party I was like, so this movie's gay as shit. You're like, they're trying to bone. Yeah. You're like you guys don't see it yeah. yeah everyone's like it's straight people what are you talking about yeah <laughs> see i don't feel i feel the same i feel like i didn't see it just because i like didn't know to look for it so mm-hmm. i like didn't see it but it's so well established that this like story is queer and canon yeah. mostly what i judge by is if i talk to my parents about what we're covering on the podcast and they're like oh that makes sense or yeah. they're like what are you talking well, about okay here's the thing <laughs> i love like when you're like a creative like young person like a teenager and you're not like fully comfortable with your sexuality because like everything that i was obsessed with it's like oh my god of course i was gay like how could nobody see like i literally did book reports on like diane keaton's biography you know like (laughs) that's iconic but that's like that's the whole thing is like before you like even come out to yourself you kind of realize that you're attracted to things that might be like queer canon exactly yeah yeah. yeah, and this definitely, I think, like, really falls into the queer canon. So we studied it in high school. I did the thing that you're not supposed to do and used it as my AP lit, like, exam essay. And oh, everyone's no. like, whatever you do, don't use The Great Gatsby because everyone uses The Great Gatsby. But I did it anyway, and I wrote about color symbolism, I think. Um, But I got a five. There's symbolism so- in this? <laughs> what symbolism? Uh, what symbolism? I don't yeah, know. I don't what know. heavy-handed symbolism in this? We'll I thought he just wrote later. it. Yeah. Like just yeah, for just yeah. Wild. shits and giggles. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing bubbling under the surface. Wait, these aren't real people. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, and then I saw the movie. I think when it came out, like with my family, because again, like we were saying, I saw the trailer before literally every movie possible, and I, I liked it a lot. And then I think, like in later years, I was like, wait, this movie does actually slap. Because when I saw it, I wasn't like a cinephile yet. I was like, yeah, good movie. Anyway, You're like that was fun. Did you see it in 3D or 2D? I did not see it in. Oh 3D. my god, I forgot did it was you see in, it in 3D. 3D or 2D. I probably did see it in 3D. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay, you go ahead. You yeah. have so much to talk shoo, about. Shoo, shoo. Uh, okay, the year is 2013. Mm-hmm. I am a junior in high school. He dimmed the lights, everybody. I, did, <laughs> I literally dimmed the lights. Um, I am... Oh, fuck. I just forgot my English teacher's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, That's okay. We don't need to invoke real people on the podcast anyway. Yeah, but she was amazing. Like, had such a... It was the classic, like, queer thing where you're, like, you're good friends with your, like, English teacher. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, we're so, all, like, literature nerd kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we were great. I loved her. Um, and so we were doing the book in class and I 
like fell head over heels for the book. I was like, wow, this is one of the greatest pieces of literature I've ever read. Wow, shocking. One of the greatest books I've ever written is good. But anyways, so I like the, then like the trailer came out or like one of the trailers. And so like from the beginning of the year, I was pushing her. I was like, we got to see this movie as a class. Like we got to see this movie as a class. She was just like, I don't know. We'll see, blah, blah, blah. So eventually the movie did come out. I saw it before everyone to then give her a review to then say if we should see it as a class. So I saw it in 3D and I was like, look, this movie rules. We need to see it. And so we saw it. And um, after seeing it, I then modeled my prom outfits for two years in a row off Gatsby stuff. So I have photos of one is me in a uh i don't actually have a photo of me please tell me it's like a cream suit or something Uh, i do yep i will uh let me see if i can turn my computer around you're the guy that wore a cream suit to prom oh Oh my god God. first first year prom white wingtips do not have a photo with the cream with with my date nope and then the second year follow-up with a dark gray yes oh my god with a salmon tie i like forced the gatsby looks i was like so like we can do like gatsby vibes right and they were like i guess like we could go on a black tux like everybody else but i was like but also leo in this (laughs) kind of hot oh Um, his suits are tailored so beautifully mm -hmm. they're like probably too tight yeah but they look great (laughs) is a too tight suit bad though I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. That's like kind of kind of hot. I don't know too too much about like the ins and outs of like suit fittings, but I know that a tight suit is considered as gauche as like a loose suit. Yeah, but like it looks good on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I never thought he looked bad. I honestly didn't really look at the men <laughs> <laughs> too closely. Now that I think about it. But when he's when I forget what scene, but when he has the pink pants, but then with just the suspenders oh, and the his end. shirts, yeah. Are, yeah. his shirts rolled up, I'm like. The and suspenders. the pinstripes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's hot. Suspenders mm. is such an underrated look. Like it is. suspenders and rolled up shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie changed my life. The trailer that like filters happy together cover. I like, YouTube to MP3, then downloaded it onto oh, my yeah. phone at the time. The whole soundtrack, obviously, because it's one of the greatest soundtracks ever written. We're put to tape. Yeah. Put to screen. Put to screen. And I don't know this caught him exposing too much of myself but i was always like w- would try to blare that as loud as i could to be like oh look how cool i am but it's just from the great gatsby soundtrack so no one cared and it was just for me were you trying to show that you were cool because you were listening to sort of like rap hip-hop modern music or was it that you were such like a film geek that you were listening to great gatsby soundtrack music definitely the first one but it comes across as the second no yeah. oh the soundtrack's Bummer. so good though it is mm-hmm. but like is there a song from this that i mean like i feel like fergie's like oh a little party never so i'm like like, tongue-in-cheek right like she's being ironic right it's camp it's so (laughs) fun though (laughs) it's great i love the uh a little party never killed nobody i feel like yeah i did i did like a whole choreographed routine oh my god to that as like part of a team dance but it was my idea i was similarly like really into this movie for the year and a half after it came out and i always have wanted to be like a flapper for halloween and i finally achieved my dream last year it looked amazing oh my god thank you (laughs) i have two things to say about the music first of all you can you can say more than two well, two things that like really stuck out to me. Rewatching it now, especially with like the different lens that I now approach most of the media I consume with, it felt a little weird to me that there was so much like hip hop 
influence music when there's literally no black people in the movie literally whatsoever. my exact thought they're only there and like there's that the one scene on shot the when they're bridge. driving on the bridge yeah, yeah but it's all for like decoration it was like it i found it so like weird that it was such a focus in the soundtrack when it was like this movie is like literally white toast very white yeah yeah, yeah. um and then second of all i mean i would be remiss not to mention miss charlie xcx's party for you which is like probably the best great gatsby song that has ever been released if we really think about yes. it Jordan and i wish nodding yes. and agreeing. charlie xcx stand <laughs> over here yeah exactly I, wyatt for those who don't know wyatt has some of the greatest music tastes oh, maybe ever correct wow. including our twi- lord and savior taylor <laughs> swift his twitter Absolutely. your twitter is just constantly like reminders of right oh this is a great song oh that's a good movie oh like you're just your taste is just refined in the finest of ways impeccable, i just impeccable. love throwing songs out into the ether and just <laughs> We're, we're listening. People are okay. Listening. I'm glad you're all listening. Yes. <laughs> What's this? So there's there's this totally random song that you introduced me to, and I was like, oh my god, I'll always think of this as like the Wyatt oh song. God, I'm dying I don't to know what it is. Oh, I think it's uh, Glad He's Gone by Tom. Wolf. Oh yes, because the music <laughs> video. The music video. That's a piece of cinema. I have not seen the music video. Uh, yes, I showed it to you. Did you actually? What is it? Um, it's the one where she like you know is talking on the phone with her friend and like goes through all these crazy scenarios and goes to jail and then breaks out of jail. What is this called? Uh, glad he's gone by Tavlo. I showed it to you at Olivia's. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, yeah, we're back. Yeah. Anyway, wow. iconic. And then iconic. Of course, I mean, Young and Beautiful is like. Will which, you still love me? Was it nominated I'm for the no Oscar? Long. We, the uh, the Oscars yes. really snubbed. The Oscars this. just completely missed this entire soundtrack. Yeah. Despicable. Yeah. The disgrace. But yeah. I remember her going to the Golden Globes. I remember that look. And remember yeah. it being like so weird to see Lana Del Rey, who was somebody who I thought was like... Edgy? Yeah, being invited to the Golden Globes. Yeah, like she would never be here. TBT? She, yeah, I know. Yeah. And now she's like, you know... A Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure she was always a Republican, yeah. but... Just we were like, it. you're cool, though. Yeah. No longer. Although this movie did win two Oscars, uh, Costume Design and Production Design. Yes. Uh, as it should have. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, though. That Like that... Is so like what a song. Yeah. They the fact that they play it like three different times in yes. three different tempos yes. before they even do like, you know, the the star studded uh-huh. sequence with it is crazy. Well, um Magic Tree and I Let Myself Go. That's like my favorite piece of score, I think, ever in oh any God. movie. Yeah. I listen to it all the time because it, it has like the little haunting like Lana Del Rey bits interwoven yeah. into it. It's yeah. so pretty. It's so uh, this soundtrack's so good. Produced by Jay Z. Of course. Which we should mention. But I mean, just like top to bottom, like Jack White's on it. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's on it. Like Florence and the Machine, as we said. Are, like it's just, Will I am, bitch. And a lot of Jay-Z. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're Will. I am. Uh, no, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. When they like intro with um, the Jay-Z and Kanye, it's just like, oh yeah. my God. Like this is setting the tempo yeah. for the film. I do think it's so interesting though, because that was, I mean, the fact that it was modern music bumped for so many people, but the idea that they wanted to use modern music to bring this film like into the modern era. But then like yes. you said, Wyatt did absolutely nothing to like for further casting, that yeah. goal in terms yeah. of casting or like inclusion. Do you think, how do you feel with the music? Do you feel like it like helps? Like, would you have rather have seen an old school score or do you feel like the uh, modern music helps it? I'm obsessed with modern music in old timey movies. Yeah. I think it's great. And also it's so weird to me that this bump for so many people, because like this is Boslerman like 
fucking this is compass. Style. Yeah. Moulin yeah. Rouge literally has like toxic by Britney Spears yeah. in it. Like, what did you expect? Even <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, like the whole thing is like about kind of putting the story in a modern context and making it more relevant to right. the, yeah. like the youth the, culture of the day. Literally the guns having like blade and yeah. sword on them so that they don't have to change any of the dialogue and all of that like ridiculous shit that like I come to a Baz Luhrmann movie for. Yeah. Like I love him as like a creative and just all of like his extravagance. And I do think that he was like the perfect choice to make this movie and i mean like both of you i think that this is a fabulous movie it's he has he uses like the confines of a blockbuster and like modern technology and sort of like what makes like a summer movie to then tell like this very intimate story about someone who lives their life with such opulence like gatsby's whole existence is about like overindulgence in like being like this sort of like summer he is gatsby is like a summer blockbuster where it's like all flash and like no substance and so like Lerman uses like all flash to then tell a story of substance underneath it which I think is so awesome and I feel like that's what a lot of people sort of look over with this is that it's like yes this is flashy and like yes this is loud but that's his style and if you peel that apart you can kind of see like the the emotional underpinnings underneath everything totally agree yeah i think that's a really like astute analysis and the other thing that's like so crazy about people that don't like this movie is they're like well you know they're like desecrating the great gatsby and it's like if anything can be desecrated, it's The Great Gatsby. Like, this is a book for the masses. This is, like, a populist fiction. Like, you can't pretend that this is some, like, hallowed work of literature Mm -hmm. that can't be touched. It's been adapted five times. Yeah, and it's, like, the debauchery and the overwhelming just, like, excess of the 20s is what a film adaptation should be. Like, that's what the book is about. I don't know. It, like... That's why the music works, because it's playing into, like, what they... If it was... If this was filmed in the Roaring Twenties, this is the music they would Mm -hmm. be listening to. Uber modern. Right. Right. Like, I could see, like, some white boy in Long Island listening to Jay-Z. Like, that's... Duh. That's what they would be listening to. Yeah. You know? Did you see that? Because it's going to go into the public domain next year. Somebody was like, where is my Nick Gatsby romance? Because, like, now people can finally write it. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm so ready. There there already was one that I think we saw in a book report. What? Potentially. Go I'm, ahead. I might have to block this out, but I do recall a couple weeks back seeing something about a Gatsby Nick romance prequel. Whoa. Or romance something. Yeah. So like someone already wrote a book about it? Or like it? a prequel about Nick. Yeah, something. That's oh. like going to be coming out like once the like the minute the oh, domain like rises. Nice. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. I would personally would love. like. Why a, make a prequel though? About Nick. Why not? Because didn't they, weren't they saying something about a prequel movie or something? Like, I feel like you make a sequel. Well, either way, you're not going to have Gatsby in it. Right. Nick's kind of boring. I know. Yeah. Nick is toast. He's wet toast. Yeah. (laughs) Wet toast. And he's there just kind of like watch everyone. He is like. He's a watcher. He's the viewer's eye. He's like, you know, your surrogate like your audience surrogate into this story. Because I mean, it's the same framing device or not a framing device, but it's the same device that like a lot of movies use, a lot of books use it as well. Like this, you know, relatable first person narrator or, you know, like the boring protagonist in a movie Mm -hmm. where like everyone can explain things to them and like therefore explain things to the audience. Like that is Nick. Well, his narration, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about his narration becoming the text literally on screen? 
I love it. I was I literally wrote that down. I, I love that like stupid trope. Like they do it in Gilmore Girls too, and people yeah. hated it. It's fun. They're like Rory wrote a book called The Gilmore Girls, writing The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. I think it's so fun. The it's Great Gatsby. At the end, when he adds yes, the yeah. yes, he adds the Great to yeah. Gatsby. Like yeah. I think it's so cheesy, but again, it's like this is what this movie is. Right, like that's what the the book is that kind of camp and like yeah. it plays into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like I think that this movie should be loud and crass and like corny and cheesy and over the top because like that's what the book is and I think that you know sort of the the naysayers were like, "Well, no, the book is a critique of that and like the movie is just that without any of the critique." I think this is definitely critiquing it, though, for sure. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about, like, the CGI in this because this is, like, a very CGI-heavy movie. I love it, yeah. And, like, I think I, I for the most part, really dislike a lot of CGI, CGI-heavy CGI movies. Um, and, I mean, this isn't particularly great CGI. It's definitely, you can tell. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like with a purpose, almost, well, though. Yeah, that's the thing, is because I feel like it's, like, a facade. It's mm-hmm. fake. It's yeah. about how this lifestyle is actually unachievable. Like, it's only achievable temporarily and it's about how you literally have to like construct the world Mm -hmm. around yourself instead of making it like a real thing because the the small scale spaces like uh nick's cabin but even nick's cabin looks like it was shot on a back lot yeah yeah yeah. but like it's it's something tangible even if it's in a fake world it's like a physical space yes but like the the huge like sweeping epic like unreachable heights that this movie is going to are all cgi because it is unreachable and it is fake and it's like we want you to see that it's not real yeah yeah but i watched the old the 1974 one yes please give us some context because tell us i haven't seen that since high school yeah it's so boring in comparison (laughs) watching them back to back because it's like i don't know i think that there's like a melodrama to the scale of it too that when it is filmed in like and because it was written by like francis ford coppola and directed by some man that's insane <laughs> that coppola wrote that yeah it's really weird it's a weirdly stacked cast so it's like redford and mia, mia farrow and then nick's played by is it sam waterson like someone i think super it, random plays nick yeah oh, who? and nick nolte is in it too i think oh my god yeah, it's just a bunch of... Uh, Bruce Dern plays Tom. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Shit. It's really weird. Yeah, it's Sam like, Watterson, Nick Carroll. How does it... Yeah, like... W- sorry, go, go, go. Well, I was just going to say, it's like watching it... Obviously, like, even the way movies were made back then is so different. But it's like the context for it just seems so different. Like, obviously, Mia Farrow is like more of an... Well, I mean... Carrie Mulligan is too, but I was gonna say an ingenue, and like mm. they, I feel like they really played up how ditzy she was, and how she's like, oh, I didn't realize everybody's in love with me, and everything like that, and it's just like having it be so like dismal and realistic takes away like the fun of it, mm. and like the melodrama and the extravagance. Like I feel like that just adds to make the story more impactful. I definitely totally. don't enjoy it more than. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. If it is like played straight, you're almost like, why do we care about it? It's kind of depressing. It's very depressing. It's just like it's dark in a way. Mm -hmm. Even though it's like a light colored film. Yeah, (laughs) no, totally. It seems darker because it's like the stakes aren't as high in a way, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like all of the fun that comes with Lerman because it's number one, it's like an enjoyable watching experience. And it is very much like you said, Jordan, in that blockbuster zone of like, come, it's a spectacle film. Like you want to see this. You want to see the incredible visuals. He's like Mm -hmm. jazz hands, 
but like a human. Yes, yeah. he literally is. <laughs> I, I, his movies feed my ADHD in a way that never gets fed, and right. I love him for that. Watching Moulin Rouge is like trying to watch five movies at the same time. That's why it's so good. <laughs> it's this crazy. movie has like the same setup as Moulin Rouge of like a, a tormented past writer writing about his love. Right. You know. Well, that's what I think is interesting because like obviously none. Have you seen Australia? I don't know because I don't. Australia. Think... No one's seen not. it. Yeah, no one's seen it. So like he, why is it only he's able to adapt or like make these like Moulin Rouge obviously isn't really an adaption but it is in like the same vein to me totally and it's like it's just interesting that he can't do that with something original in the same way there wasn't Uh, well I was just gonna say I feel like he has sort of like settled into a good adaptation zone next he has the Elvis Presley project right which mm, (laughs) we'll see about that who was casting that again Austin Butler Right, and Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. Who's exactly. the Who's the girl? Uh, it's uh, what is her name? It wasn't Lana, and people were like, "It should be Lana." Speaking of Lana, Olivia Dijon. I feel like I just horribly pronounced like, her last name. It's D E J O N G E. She's in the Society on oh, Netflix. No. She's great. She's really good. Good for her. Good yeah, great for, for her. her. Um, but that's like his next project, and then he has this other project that's like currently in development that's about like a darkly comedic takedown of soviet society right and yeah but it's like again it's based on novels by faust yeah he there was an article david ehrlich had about gatsby which i highly recommend reading but he like mentioned that lerman's filmography is always about like going into the past and so he sort of has a gatsby like persona in filmmaking style which i feel like really then clicked with me because it's like oh yeah like every single one of his movies that or like i mean like like if you want to say shows but like his movies yeah, they that, get down yeah but like that work the best are the ones that are like taking this like existing ip and like going yes. back to the past and telling these stories that we've known again and again and again but then just inflaring it with his own style mm-hmm. you know which makes them so exciting rather than sort of I don't like it. Would his original, as you were saying, like, would his original stuff be as interesting? Yeah. I don't know. Well, see, I wish that they would like hire Boz Lerman to do like, like Disney would hire him to do like Beauty and the Beast. Oh my like, God. Like, that's what I need. So yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, Guillermo del Toro, like a, a right. director who has that like clear vision, but is also able to like, approach existing material and make it more exciting a like, commercial auteur yeah. exactly Freaking del toro's haunted mansion i know you in the haunted mansion i will really quick disney sidebar the thing that made me so cautious all of a sudden about hiring auteurs for disney in like let's just say like 2019 and onward because i think like take away td with thor ragnarok is by far like the most successful like commercial auteur who's been able to imbibe his style Mm -hmm. or you know put it into a disney movie but like guy ritchie's aladdin literally made me so sad because i was like guy ritchie's aladdin we love to see it and then it turned out to be like the most like flat bland version of aladdin we could possibly have and i was like guy ritchie you were supposed to like put all of your like auteurism into this big blockbuster Mm -hmm. and so now i'm like very very wary uh barry jenkins lion king like excuse me the godfather part two even something like uh tim burton's dumbo yeah where well, it was like okay you're forgetting a film that i think we need to discuss on the main okay what is it david lowry's pete's dragon 
a masterpiece movie. Okay, okay. It's so good. But number one, would you consider David Lowry an auteur? A, a yes. stylistic auteur yes. the way that like Richie and you really? know. Okay, Burton you like are. a ghost story, right? I love a ghost story. Okay. So Rooney Mar gonna eat that pie for You know six what? You can just turn baby. off my mic. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. See, I'm with you. On Maine. I think I'm... that's like the most like no offense, Jordan. I think that's like one of the most like film broy movies. And it's so fucking pretentious. Yeah, it's like very pretentious. I'm Neither not, of us like it. I'm ghost usually story. not very pretentious though. I oh, agree. Really? Are you sure <laughs> no, no, about no. that? Re- wait, I'm sorry. Who was the one who? I'm like a diehard for some very campy movies. But All the Batman and Robins, Josie and the Pussycats. My taste is refined but and it is not pretentious. It doesn't mean that you can't be pretentious. I'm sorry. Whose favorite film was her for like five years straight and like wouldn't shut up? I like, about sorry, it. I like Spike Jones. He's a humanist film. Filmmaker, sorry I care about humanity and the emotions that we all feel together and sorry that I'm a hopeless romantic who cares about relationships and when people's relationships get played on screen and they don't work out that hits me because I don't know maybe my relationships <laughs> haven't worked out you sound really pretentious right now I, I just feel like I was that was so someone unraveling you're bearing your soul I might be the only person who can relate to this but I'm sure there are other people out there because you're in a relationship um it's true rude and you're <laughs> the type of person I might be talking about but there are certain <laughs> <laughs> there are certain like landmines when you're like dating in LA that I feel like it's like that definitely it's like okay I know exactly what type of person yes. you are and okay. like wait 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 when you say pretentious and film broy, I think you evoke a very specific thing which is like Pulp Fiction or Taxi like Taxi Driver yeah, like those, Goodfellas I would, yeah. the audacity of having those movies on my wall I would never love right. great movies but like I sent you the posters I want on my wall. I want like the Great Race and like Titanic. Other, right, like mm-hmm. Look, that's not pretentious. Jordan, I'm just fucking with you. You know I love you. I do not want to be lumped in with the <laughs> film boy. I'm dearly. so scared of being lumped in with the film boys. If I don't you think can, you're a film boy. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, if you can be looped in with like the film rows, you know, you can loop me in with like the Twitter e girls that are like Greta Gerwig is my fucking goddess like True. you know that we're we're fighting on main we can fit really well into both of those sort of two contentious steps in a row yeah so last week we talked about the old guard and we like almost throttled each other on, on mic so. wait but you both like the movie no i like it jordan doesn't like it oh you it. don't like it's it it's fine we can't okay. get into it it's fine. people will have just heard this for like yes. two hours we're not fighting okay did you guys know that there were five adaptations of the great gatsby starting in 1926 run them down for me 1926, 1949, 74, 2000, and then G, a loosely adapted hip hop musical. What's the 2000 one? Uh, 2000 is, is a like TV a- film yeah. starring Toby Steffens, Mira Savino. Mira Savino. Oh, hello. Wait, you're not ready. Ten out, uh, $100 if you can guess <gasps> who played Nick Carraway. I mean, can you give me any sort of hint? He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, Edward that Norton. narrowed it to half. Close, the... close in terms of age. It Mark is a white Ruffalo? man. Very of, close of in terms of age. Of course, it's a white man. Paul um, Dano. <laughs> oh. Paul Bettany? No, the other Paul. Paul Rudd? Yes. As, what? As Nick Carraway. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, this movie looks wild. Paul actually. Rudd as Nick Carraway? Yeah. Wow. Anyways. That's all I have to say about that. So we're back on track. Yeah. I feel like all these adaptions could have a more outwardly queer Nick actor. Should we just get into we it? We always need to make it more yeah. gay. Yeah, let's let's uh, talk about Gatsby, talk about the, the Gatsby, <laughs> the gay Gatsby, the great Gatsby. 
Mm. We've already hashed <laughs> <laughs> You're not. All right, listeners, if you think it should be hashtag the gay Gatsby, hashtag Twitter that poll. at us, or hashtag the great Gatsby. That, now that I'm saying it, it sounds worse. We'll Twitter poll it. Yeah. Oh, now that you're saying it, now that you're saying it. Yep. Anyways, so what is your take on Nick? Wyatt, tell us Wyatt. what you think. Yes. Oh, man. What we all what have to say to about Nick. I don't know. Let's see. I wrote some stuff down. I thought it was interesting, especially watching um, the old one versus the new one. It's definitely obvious that I think they leaned into it a bit more in 2013. His like, weird gay type of stuff. <laughs> like I, I thought it was funny when, um, like, when he first meets Daisy and Jordan and Daisy's like, I'm going to throw you two into linen closets. Yes. And they're both like, mm, nah. And then um, when he goes off with Tom and he's like, oh, I got a, I got a girl for you. And Nick is like, literally like, oh, I can't. And he's I'm like, like sweating to death. Yeah, literally. And it's like, I, I guess it was also, I read a bunch of articles that talked about Mr. McKee, which is not a very big yes, deal. Yes, I read that. The guy, he's like the guy with the mustache, the yeah, photographer. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The artiste. Right. Who's very gay in 2013 and barely even mentioned in 1974 but i do you think did that so much homework for this more than we ever do well i'm very bored at the time we <laughs> stand give me this. a reason to get up in the morning please just jordan give you a reason. just give you a uh nope stop sorry anyway. um yeah what else was i gonna say oh i also this is a funny note at the beginning i wrote talking about a man admirably in therapy gay (laughs) (laughs) no dude literally his doctor in the second line is like bitch you're gay yeah yeah i thought the doctor was tom wilkinson for me too (laughs) oh that's crazy he sounds like him right he sounds like tom wilkinson i'm like all right is this michael clayton 2.0 he's some random guy that i haven't heard of it's so funny i'm i'm so glad you thought that but back to nick the mr mckee thing there's like as you were saying there's so many articles that are like yeah nick had like a relationship and i haven't reread it i wish i reread it for this mm-hmm. but that's a lot of work i found yeah. all the quotes yes so well, yeah, i did like, like a quick speed read of that portion there's like the, of the thing book. with the elevator yeah right yeah so do you want to do a quick rundown or no you can the are lever. you sure about I'm, that i'm gonna jordan, talk about the lever i'm Let's... gonna jordan belfort tennis swack hit this one to you this is the leo cinematic universe yes okay so wyatt you mentioned the lever moment yeah that's that's from the book definitely not included in either of the adaptations but it's basically like the lever is a phallic (laughs) symbol pull that dick that the elevator boy is like hey you can't touch that and nick's like no i got it don't worry and like basically touches the lever and it's sort of like him embracing his sexuality and him and Mr. Mickey, who, as you mentioned, is this photographer artist who's in the first party scene in New York for like a couple seconds. He and Nick like ostensibly go home together um, and like presumably sleep together. It sort of cuts to like a post coital scene of Mickey in bed in his underwear and Nick standing sort of kind of being like, okay, I'm going to go now. Um, so that's very interesting. You were saying why it, not to put the spotlight on you and not to like bring this, but when we were texting off mic, you were talking about how like the Fitzgeralds were like queer. Yeah. Question mark. Well, I mean, like, I feel like within this, like Fitzgeralds, like all, I mean, like the whole novel is just like flash and then you read past the flash and it's like subtext and like behind the scenes emotion. But I, okay. So I always really liked F. Scott Fitzgerald. In fact, his grave 
was literally like the next town over from me. So I used to go oh, like shit. visit it in high school. It's crazy. You would, yeah. You would go grave visiting. That's... I would literally go visit where his dead body was buried for fun. Wow. So Mary Shelley <laughs> is shaking. <laughs> literally. In fact, I lost my virginity on F. Scott. No. <laughs> um, but and now his unborn soul is. The, with the egg. <laughs> yes, exactly. Book smart reference. Oh my God, um, yes. Okay. Anyway. But anyway. I I was like a big fan of like learning about him and Zelda. Yes. And just kind of like now I feel like they've taken on their own sort of legacy and literary like I don't know, like mystery Panic, to them. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And just the way that they like were such swingers and like they were not yes. a normal marriage at all. Like Zelda was obviously a very like take charge type of woman and they were they were definitely partners. But just the way that they would party and the way that they would, like, consume everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because, like, the Gatsby is obviously Fitzgerald. The Great Gatsby is obviously Fitzgerald's sort of, like, magnum opus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he is equal parts Gatsby and Nick yeah. in that he followed the exact same Gatsby path where he was a nobody and then, like, grew to fame. Yes. And he was in the war and he met Zelda, like, before the war the way that Gatsby and um oh my god Daisy like yeah. meet each other Carrie? when he's in the war <laughs> and uh but he's also sort of that Nick figure in that he's a writer he's sort of like on the mm-hmm. outside looking in at this ostentatious world that he then gets to take part in later but um so it's interesting to see him balance dare we say those two sides yeah of himself and like to know about him and Zelda sort of in their life and yeah how all-consuming they were and like what sort of like icons of the roaring 20s they were and then to for him for like that guy to write the definitive book like on the 20s and on like this debauchery and how free yeah there's no way he wasn't porking a little bit just a little bit some guys on the side yeah no way yeah i mean obviously like bisexuality wasn't really like a conversation at this time which is why i think part of the reason some much of this stuff is like so taboo especially when you look at like historical figures right but i think that there's definitely you know fitzgerald and zelda probably fall into the camp where it's like i do think they were like Mm -hmm. more queer than history would like to remember them as yeah and hemingway yes there's like rumors that fitzgerald and hemingway like loki had an affair wait what nobody take that idea because i'm gonna write that movie and i will find you you (laughs) i would love to see that would be the only hemingway thing that i would actually want to engage in yeah exactly because i mean they're all Mostly shitty people, if we're being honest. Of course, right, right, but yeah. of course, yeah. As all artists tend to be, let's be honest. <laughs> we're all terrible. Um, that's wait, I had no idea about this Hemingway stuff. Rumors, yeah. rumors, rumors. I mean, Look, but yeah, they're but both who, dead. They're all dead, so we can say that canonically they. <laughs> but it's like the same thing with like um, Hemingway was like, oh yes, sorry, Eleanor Roosevelt. Where it's like, oh, she was definitely. Of course, we're not right. like. There's no like evidence because like right. who would want to leave evidence mm-hmm. or who? well it's like that daphne demurray i think that we were talking about on rebecca where it was like she never said that she was bi but right. she had these relationships with women that were then taken as like oh these were like intimate friendships friendships uh-huh. that she had unquote. with these people even now i mean like come on within friends you're like are those two gay people hooking up? And it's like, right. I don't know. Are they? Yeah. Especially like we were talking about in the artistic circle in sort of like this kind of like fringe world of artists and authors, particularly looking like backwards, like you said, Daphne Du Maurier. I mean, um, Emily Dickinson is like a classic example. Right. But you look at like how 
uh, I think it's Oscar Wilde and Walt Whitman. Like Wait, almost are you definitely. Oscar Wilde was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oscar Wilde and uh, Walt Whitman like almost definitely had like an affair together mm-hmm. that like neither of them talked about because like Whitman wasn't out. It's all of this like crazy stuff, but it's like the more you dig, yeah. the more you find. Wait, Henry James. He yes. also was outwardly a homosexual. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, yes. yeah, there's like all these people who are confirmed. Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, come yeah, on. Right. Yeah. There's, it's, it's, yeah. This Look, Oscar Wilde stuff's really throwing me off. The though. point ah! is that art has always been gay. Yes. And there's nothing that you can do about it. I did not it. know exactly. about the Walt Women thing. That is fun though. I'm almost positive it's Oscar Wilde that was like with him, but I know it was Walt Whitman because there's like this gap of time when like both of them were in the same place and no writing was happening. Everyone's like, hmm, I wonder what happened during that mysterious time when they were together. Maybe they were writing love letters. Do you guys want to talk about this movie? No, I just want to, I love what we're doing right now. This is so fun. <laughs> I feel like I'm on like the back catalogs of like Twitter and Tumblr. Gay literature is like my favorite thing. Going yeah. all the way back to like fucking Sappho. Right. It's, Going back I to the Odyssey. It. Yeah. This is there, why I can never be hired as a history teacher. We were actually talking this Patroclus necklace that I wear oh, yeah. every single day. <laughs> is that like I actually truly would not be able to teach an English class for no. high schoolers because I'd be like, no. Guys, welcome day one. I'm going to tell you about how <laughs> nobody in literature was ever straight so everyone was fucking yeah uh i do have an odyssey bit though if we're gonna bring it back sure. to literature i think one of the funniest bits in this entire movie is when nick is talking about like it's like the beginning five minutes of the movie and nick is t- like setting the table he's taking out his forks and knives for us about his backstory and he's like yeah i was gonna go to yale and he picks up just a book that it's just giant block letters yes. odyssey and then puts it immediately back down i think is so funny yes it's the comedic timing of it he's like oh ed exactly yeah because he has he has his his business books instead precisely that's all you need he's suppressing himself in you know the economics of new york yeah he wants to be like a businessman instead of an artist right god speaking of just like this really doesn't relate at all but like the one thing that sticks out so much to me about this movie and particularly this adaption is the um i want her to be a beautiful little fool line yes <laughs> yes. yes all of carrie mulligan's delivery yes <laughs> but i'm like i need that as a tattoo i think like right? in like in cool. cursive yeah exactly it, it was always so funny to me i feel like when i was reading this in high school a lot of um you know people in my class particularly the girls would really like romanticize sort of the character of daisy who's yes. obviously supposed to be be like this really satirical cynical like person who actually doesn't have anything that she cares about and they were like girl boss vibes yes i love <laughs> to be a beautiful little fool like yes that's what i want yeah. But what I really appreciate is that I think that you, Wyatt, said that the, the 74 mm-hmm. adaptation is like much more played very straight and like kind of boring and that yeah. like Mia Farrow is playing Daisy very ditzy. Yes. I like that Carrie Mulligan is so like disillusioned with everything that Carrie Mulligan rules except yeah. for like you know the end the climax you know the whole like New York fight her sort of having to choose between Tom right. and Gatsby sequence for the rest of it she's like I'm literally so bored by all these men yeah. they're in love with me I love that um I don't know if it's also in the book but when Tom 
not Tom, when Nick shows up for the first time and he talks about how she can make anybody in the room feel like the most important, mm-hmm. like that. And Karen Mulligan is like so good at that. Yeah, but yeah. it's like she is able to balance that where it's like, yes, you want, you can see why all these people would fall in love with right. her immediately. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, she does not care. Well, like, I think that goes hand in hand. It's yeah. like the coolest girl at the party. You yes. know, it's yes. like she can make you feel so important. But at the same time, you realize that she doesn't really want to be there. Right. You're chasing after her. Then the minute you get there, you're like, oh, like we're not actually going to have an emotional experience yeah. together. Yeah. Just like the green light, bitch. They are one in the same. Okay, know? here's what's crazy. When green lights? Green light Do by Lord exist? came out. <gasps> but you know that that's not supposed to be like a Gatsby reference. Is it She's, not? It's supposed to be about traffic lights. Yeah, it is about traffic lights. I always assumed it was Gatsby. That's what I thought for the longest time and then I heard in an interview she's like the green light is like me being able to move on. Yeah. Oh. Guys. Come on. Okay, we're hopeless romantics. You established this. <laughs> Wait, okay, wanna... but what? You know how there's the... only one green light in my heart, and that is the green light across the water. Exactly. That I reach out for every night. You That's know, unattainable. What artist does have some explicit Gatsby Don't you lyrics? Dare say Taylor Swift. It is Taylor Swift. <laughs> she does. Feeling so Gatsby for that whole year. Okay, Throwing that's not... Even the one. Come on. Yeah. The newest single by now on iTunes. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Unofficial Taylor Unofficial. corner. <laughs> God. Yeah. But no, she has this whole song called This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, which is about like living like a Gatsby lifestyle and how like it can't last. Right. Because like everyone is wow. like a backstabber. So smart. Yeah. It's uh, great. Kanye diss track. Which I know you'll enjoy. Jordan. That's fine. I'm completely You've disassociated from okay. him at this point. Well, then this goes for our dear friend Liza. Liza, if you're oh. listening. Oh. Liza, future guest on the yeah, podcast. Future guest. Okay, a I'm tease. leaving her a note right now. I'm writing it on the table. I love. I love. Uh, wow. All right. It's should time we talk about the movie? To talk about this movie. Yes. Any other pre-pro thoughts before? Oh wait, yes, I have a pre-pro thought. Go for it. Scarlett Johansson was originally going to be Daisy and dropped out because of We Bought a Zoo. I'm obsessed. Ooh. Would she have been good? I feel like she could have been a good she Daisy. She killed it. Yeah. This is like the exact like this is her Scarjo Rose yeah. right. like. Uh, you know, bombshell, unapproachable, right, like the, a like little lost too in cool, a little too aloof. Do you know who I would love to see do it though? Yeah. This is like, Ooh. I'm just Are totally... we fa- Let's fan cast. Yeah. Yes, here we go. <laughs> I feel like Emma Stone, but that's me about every movie. I'm like, what if Emma, what Stone, if Emma Stone was Stone in though? this movie? <laughs> I feel like it would be interesting because Emma Stone sort of built her whole rise on being like relatable, but also being like a prestige movie star at the same yeah. time. Or she was like, yeah, I'm an easy A. Like I'm in all this stuff. Like I'm cool. I'm like girl next door. I'm super right. like chill and down to earth um while still being very like poised and put together in her interviews right exactly um, so how do you feel about easy would, would be interesting oh my god that's like a stone my cold favorite movie of all time. actually here's what's crazy okay i'm sorry this is totally no this is no, great this, this is, is the content that people okay. desire but me and one of my good dear friends like we were having a late night conversation and we were like everybody has that one movie that like hits you just at the right moment in time yes and like defines the personality that you choose for yourself for the rest of your life. I love right. where this is going, yeah. yes. And for me, that was like definitely easy A. That's like I saw Fuck that yes. when I was 16 and from that moment on, I was like, I want to be Olive in that movie and every decision after that was based off that film. That's amazing. Absolutely. See, th- you, do you have one? Ooh, I I want to say it's Black Swan, which is a little cliche because oh. it's like Ooh. my no, favorite but like it. movie. But that sort of like defined my artistic taste in terms of like yes. this movie is yeah. everything that I like want in like, you know, condensed into like 110 I, minutes no, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying I want to 
kill people. Yourself? It did make me a little gayer, though. You don't so. want to have sex with Mia Kunis. Um, on the record. <laughs> I obviously so want Brooke, that. So on the record, has said. <laughs> uh, how wild. about you? How about you, Jordan? Ah! Um, okay. No, no, no. He's okay. like her. <laughs> no, here's the thing. My, I feel like my personality... I hate looking back at college because I have changed so much as a person since like even senior year. Yeah. Um, and it's nice, uh, you know, embracing your sexuality is a fun thing. I recommend it for listeners who have not done it yet. Um, <laughs> <Thanks. making notes. laughs> but I feel like burn after just like seeing it there. I feel like burn Jordan after reading and like, honestly watching something wild. I've like we talked about it recently. Yeah. Like those, sort of just like not like campy but just like i don't know how to crime describe papers. it but like crime drama it's romance nice guys sort of like the nice guys land. like that sort of vibe has like i've like gone that out and i feel like there's a lot of queer energy in that as well because it's just yeah. like we're gonna have sex and do crime and go on the road together you, you know i mean that makes sense with our earlier palm springs conversation because right. like palm springs is very much in that zone yes. yeah yeah um but anyways yeah for sure. Cool. Um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about quick fan casting. If yes. we're going to talk about Do the production. One? Well, Haley Atwell was from uh, oh. Captain America, the first Avenger. And uh, Agent Carter, the um, TV show that Jordan likes to pretend doesn't exist. I, I swear to God, you keep talking about a show I it's don't It's actually know. the only Marvel show that ever is valid, in my opinion. You all are so rude Not to Agents Daredevil? of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> every week on this podcast. You're saying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yes, Haley Atwell was uh, at some point attached for the role of Jordan Baker. Um, I Too mean, short. I, we love Miss DeVicky, but I totally would Too have short. thought Haley Atwell in this role. She's great. De- I just... DeVicky, Jordan needs to be a towering force of nature. Yes. I, I mean, also think DeVicky brings a real queer energy. Yes. Okay, yes, yes, I saw yes. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research into sort of like the queer history of this book and how people have read into it. And I stumbled upon a reading from like, you know, a bunch of different sources. A reading from the Great Gatsby. That I decided, I, okay, when you said that at the beginning, I was like a reading from the Bible. Like that was the energy you were <laughs> That's bringing. what I was going for. It is the Bible. <laughs> this is my Bible. <laughs> I have um, notes in it, Brooke. Don't you see? Any way um a, a reading that I stumbled upon <laughs> from. So it just uh, says Yale. Sorry. <laughs> Go. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make a beautiful gay point here. Thank this whole podcast is gay points. You um, a reading that I stumbled upon from multiple sources that I've decided to fully embrace is that like Nick and Jordan are sort of like bearding each other yes. where Jordan is like totally coded as a lesbian. You know, oh, she's 100%. like a woman in sports, a tall tennis player or uh, golf, golf, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how she like goes Wait, on. That's a lot really of... funny. Cause you've been talking about tennis this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no one corrected me until now. <laughs> She goes on like a lot of trips with her girlfriends. And again, Jordan's definitely gay. She's really not interested in men. She's like, I'm not interested in like being someone's girlfriend. She's not even interested in like their like interest in each other. And this is completely like platonic. Like you could say that they're like somewhat remote. Yeah, but she is completely coded as like queer in this. Like the way she dresses, like everyone else is in dresses and she's in like pants. 
etc yeah also, maybe the gayest line in the whole movie is after she has a little meeting with gatsby and she comes back down back downstairs yes, and she's yes, like nick yes. i just heard the most like wonderful news and he's like okay tell me and she's like oh i can't i promise i promised <laughs> i wouldn't tell dangling out of a car and she's like no you will not get this gossip but the, let's go to coffee the fact that she's no, so let's go to tea <laughs> it's tea literal tea the fact that she's so casual about it too and she's like yeah. oh well here i am tantalizing you and i promised i wouldn't tell yeah. fish you're not fooling anybody yeah we know. all know yeah no it's great yeah, there's I, no way she's straight so i love the idea that they're sort of like all right let's just like kind of pair off like you said wyatt pushing that daisy's like right. i'm gonna push you two into linen closets you can have the like bedroom that. tomorrow night i'll have it the mm-hmm. night after yeah it's yeah. sort of like a yeah. nice little partnership mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 that's great i love that do you have any more pre-pro to tell us? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's like differences between the book and this. Uh, Leo and Toby being BFFs forever. I'm sure that Since like has childhood, some like, playing into it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I think that was- wasn't for you. That was just I find Leo and no. Toby to be like All it's right. almost as boring as Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Ooh, fighting words. <laughs> okay, the thing is though that like Old ever sport. since ever <laughs> jump over this table. <laughs> the thing is that ever since Molly's game came out and sort of like introduced to the world that Toby Maguire is a terrible person. Don't pretend that Molly's game doesn't exist. What movie? <laughs> Why? <Don't know. laughs> that movie was Academy Award nominated. We saw it together. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Exactly, because it's forgettable. <laughs> no, I'm I love kidding. that movie. I really do. She had a game. She did. She That's played it well. It. She did. She did. Um, but yeah, ever since that movie came out and revealed Toby Maguire to be an absolutely horrible person, yes. um, I feel like the the shine is off the rose. I feel like I keep on bringing bit. us off topic, but do you think he's a good Spider-Man? I genuinely want to know just in the moment. I truly have no opinion because I've never seen those Spider-Man movies. Power Rankings. Oh. Uh, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Wait, Garfield above Maguire? Garfield is a great... I agree. That's Garfield, a hot take. Garfield's a great Spider-Man, but he was in bad movies. The Amazing Spider-Man movies are my favorite of them, though. Which one? Is it one because two? Emma Stone's in them? I think it might be. <laughs> when she, when she's also, falling and her back goes... No, that's not my favorite of the two. But I think there's, I think that Mark Webb brings like a romanticism that's missing. And honestly, How do you feel about 500 Days of Summer? We can get into that in a different... <laughs> <laughs> time but wait what i was gonna say about that there was a point that i was gonna make oh sorry never mind it's just no it's too it. off topic no 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 oh i was gonna i was gonna talk about how i think that tom holland and zendaya have no chemistry on screen i totally agree with you i would pitch that she probably doesn't love him in the movie or uh, i would pitch, pitch that she doesn't love any man yeah that's what that's <laughs> what i was trying to go for is that, that she's, she's her gay. own person yeah. um well i like yeah i don't know why because like they seem to have great off-screen chemistry yeah, it's maybe weird. it's because their characters are just too awkward she's written as like too cool for him i think the, like yeah. the way that they're both so awkward and far from home and then like their kiss is just like it's just it's too the best, awkward the best yeah. chemistry was garfield and stone yes yes well we know why because they both are great because actors. they're and they each were other's together. Gatsby and Daisy. Yeah. yeah, it's so sad that they're not dating anymore. It really is heartbreaking. She's pregnant. I know. With she's a also like SNL. fully married. <laughs> With a writer on SNL, they should have been married. They they feel like my Zac Efron and Vanessa Hutchins. Yeah, you know? oh, but you know what? That when, was a tragedy. When writers on SNL get married, people like Emma Stone, I'm like, like okay, Colin maybe there is. Yeah, yeah, hope for. There's us. not hope for us. <laughs> We're, look he's looking at me dead in the eyes. No. He's like, I have to tell you look, right look, now. We're screwed for life, don't worry. <laughs> Guys, your life sounds so difficult. I really wish I could relate, but I just like... You're can't. off the podcast. We're kicking you off. <laughs> this is a quadruple in Jordan. We can't kick Wyatt. her off. She's the glue. 
We would just fight about Aflac for. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you were talking about Easy A. I'm gonna bring us back. Easy A, obviously based on the Scarlet Letter, which is ham-fisted, you know, uh, themes uh, and symbolism. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, awful. He was just like. Here's the thing. Look at the thing. I hate Nathaniel Hawthorne. I, this wow, this like is a coming out of thing. nowhere. No, I just you know he's from Massachusetts, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, I just want to check. <laughs> you know what? Nathaniel Hawthorne's a masterpiece writer, and I don't. Think <laughs> <laughs> I have Since, no. Um, you know, I know that you're a fan of mediocre artists from Massachusetts. <laughs> 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 that was so good. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> Sorry, if you like read a novel from before the year like 1800, it was probably a writer from Massachusetts. That's true. It was Massachusetts or yeah. New York. Next, yeah. you're gonna defend H.P. Lovecraft or some shit. No, why would I defend a <laughs> no, racist? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm why kidding. Why would you I'm get joking. kicked off the podcast? Uh, I'm sorry, Little Women. Where does that take place? Massachusetts. Yeah, that's right. It's a great book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A queer masterpiece. It yeah. is. I don't Look, know why you're I'm defending. You're the one that said you hated Nathaniel Hawthorne. I was trying to say that this movie's symbolism is so on the nose, but yeah. it works the in like is, a fun way because it's so the like, camp. like, of course, there's just a, he stares at her green light and he moves across. Like, that's ridiculous, yeah. but it's so fun that it works. Yes. So like I, there's very ham-fisted like symbolism, obviously, and imagery in the book as well, which is why I like this book so much because like, you know, you're in English class and your teacher is like, okay, so now we're going to talk about symbolism. And the thing that like works the best is Gatsby because the symbolism is like obvious enough that it actually tracks to you as a 16 year old where it's like the curtains are blue and that symbolizes loneliness. Like that doesn't track. But if you're like Gatsby is literally reaching for a light, that's the color of money and success. And he's never going to be able to achieve it. Or like he literally drives a car. That's like the color of gold and wealth that ends up like killing someone that he cares about. That tracks that totally tracks. So I think that is why this book is so good is because like, it's very straight up about how like you know corny and over the top its symbolism is and um it's great what what speaking of what is your favorite heavy-handed metaphor or imagery or symbolism from this book slash movie i have mine but i would like to hear yours green light baby green light I, like as a kid i was always like oh yeah i'd probably end up doing something like that like reaching for a green light like i feel like that's my hope i feel like a a lot of my oh my god yeah it's just like you get a crush and you're like i will cherish you and like i will worship you from afar but will i ever take a step no and then i'll take that step and it'll end up probably causing me doom and gloom you know or it's like Mm -hmm. a career and you're like i moved to la and like even like when we were in like at college like you go to ELA or whatever and it's like the Hollywood signs there and that I feel like was also like a distillation of it because like the Hollywood sign feels like a green light almost for people in LA you're like I want to like achieve whatever like in my brain that represents so yeah and also Lord of course Lord um I don't know if I have it might be the green light for me too but like thematically I love the idea of like him throwing the parties just for her to show up oh it's so isn't that so fucking hot it just makes me want to die like literally and that's why the charlie xcx song is so good like i only threw this party for you would you throw a party just to try to lure someone every party i have ever thrown jordan is just hoping one person will show up i actually can confirm this (laughs) (laughs) yeah brooke has been privy to it so heart it's literally the best part of the entire story for me because it's like she doesn't even know she doesn't even know 
It's and there the first just one for she her. Go, when she finally goes and he's just like, doesn't she look gorgeous here, old sport? Yeah. I think this is really saying something about our personalities because my favorite are the eyes of God that watch over oh. the valley of sin. Hey, <laughs> hey, Brooke, I'm just wondering, did you like grow up religious at all? <laughs> Why would you think that? Just wondering. TJ Ecclesburg is a fucking icon, a legend. We love him. Him and his stupid eyes watching over. All right, four eyes. (laughs) I like, that is my favorite thing. And like at the, I feel like when they invoke it the most heavily is at the end when uh, Jason Clark sort of like has Ela Fisher Mm. against the window and he's like, I didn't see, but God sees, God sees everything. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I love this. I'm so into it. Literally, that's so why, because that, religious stuff was the stuff that bumped with me like watching this oh, i'm like i don't give favorite. a shit about this god stuff i'm like jason clark go away like i don't i want the relationships like leave me alone i love heavy-handed religious overtones it's like my favorite thing um i'll take it in any movie but particularly in something like this when it is actually juxtaposed against like modern society or at least like yeah. contemporary for the time society yeah. and not just sort of like the backwoods religion because that's I don't find that very interesting but like the idea that like religion is still something that has to sort of like be invoked in modern society um I've recently been watching the boys on Amazon which has a lot of sort of like religious overtones about like god and media and god and like power and how all those things will like always be linked because of like who how America is as a country did you know Um, that superman can be a jesus figure uh (laughs) in media I bet you didn't know that. Um, I did, actually. <laughs> I actually but, think... Okay, sorry. Finish your No, thought. go ahead. That was the end I was going to say, though, it's funny that you say that because I think that, you know, the start of how horrible the 2020s have been is probably a direct result <laughs> of uh, everyone throwing the 20s-themed uh, New Year's Eve parties. Yes. <laughs> As one who partook in one. Like, we skipped the Roaring Twenties and went just straight into the Great Depression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, because honey, it's like... no, no, no. The Great Depression has always existed. It's always been with me. <laughs> been but it just you. came out more. But it always seemed really odd to me. Like, I, I love a themed party, but, like, there was so much messed up about the 20s. Like, yeah, it was, was weird to emulate it in any way, shape, or form. What if you're going to throw a party? What's your theme? Halloween. Well, <laughs> yeah, Wyatt threw a Halloween in summer party last oh, year, yeah. and it was amazing. And so I would have done it again if it wasn't for you meddling <laughs> for kids the, and meddling coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jordan? Oh, uh, 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 cinema? Uh, no, I like like the the Daddy's Day. I love oh, like I love celebrating oh, yeah. like fathers. That's a classic, you know, a barbecue style. Yeah. See, the thing is that I actually think that I would throw like a Roaring Twenties party, but oh, I would like you yeah. know when everyone's like our prom will be Gatsby themed or like yes. this will be Gatsby themed. It's like it's not actually Gatsby themed. Yes. It's just Twenties themed. themed. Exactly. So I would love to throw a Gatsby themed party and like stage a death in the pool. Oh yes, and like stage we a car have, hit. Oh my god, we should have like a murder mystery night, but Gatsby but themed. But it's Gatsby. Oh, and so, so you come fun. over, you have like a mini pool, and you have like someone like floating in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate. Um, I I mean, I'm sure that if I wasn't, you know, so into this movie, I wouldn't appreciate it and would be like, this is really hacky, but I'm into it. So I like it is uh, the shot of Gatsby like floating in the pool with so the photographers good. is like yes. the Sunset Boulevard yeah. homage. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> it's yeah. so fun. Um, we still haven't talked we, about we it. We haven't. And I don't think we are going to We uh, can brush no, no. across it. Let's get into it briefly. I mostly I feel like the number one things that I want to talk about in regards to the plot are like all of the queer subtext and you know some of like the fun flourishes yeah we talked about i mean the there's music. a lot of fun like pops casting. in here yeah i think i mean if we're gonna get into it like 
Tom Buchanan, awful human, terrible. Mm-hmm. Casually racist, wish, yeah, casually anti-Semitic. He's, he's like not even casual. Uh. He's like aggressively racist. I knew that he was racist in the movie. And I knew in the book that he's racist, but when he says it, it really pops and it's really hard to yeah. like listen to. Yeah, he calls Wolfsheim like the K-slur yeah, and yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, and I, an I think it's worse in the book. Oh, I'm oh, something written uh far ago having, <laughs> you know, somewhat problematic things in there. No. Yeah. Um but it's I think that's the Joel Egerton thing, is I think he's so awful and i'm just so drawn to his performance in this like when he smacks like he's so masked in this movie like he smacks mm-hmm. nick in the leg he's like how's it going shakespeare and like all that stuff i'm just kind of eat it up he, and that's when i think he's just he's just acting i feel like he has the tone of baz Luhrmann's movies down like i feel mm-hmm. like toby feels not out of place but i feel like toby's kind of in his own world during this i would agree with you i think he's sort of just like in a movie instead of in a baz Luhrmann movie it does work yeah. because he's supposed to be like the outsider but he's such a puppy dog in this movie you're yeah. kind of like okay i need you to like do something i do like his kind of like drunken stupor scenes mm-hmm. yeah the second time i ever got drunk was that night <laughs> yeah yeah oh the New York, I love that sequence. The yeah. Red Room, the Room of Sin, the Room yeah. of Vices. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm like trying to put my finger on what I don't like about Tobey Maguire in the movie. And I think it's just that I might not like Tobey Maguire. Maguire. <laughs> I mean, he's a good person to dislike. Like, yeah. it's fine he's, to dislike him. He's not great in this. I think, you know, Nick Carraway is not that interesting of a character yeah. like we mentioned because he's you could the- throw those cares away <laughs> is yeah. what I would say. That was good. I'll give you that one. You. I'll give you that one. Thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, as like the audience surrogate, like we were saying, he's kind of just like there to show you around and right. third wheel in every situation. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. This poor boy. Um, if you I- were going to date, sorry. No, I just, I think that, I think that (laughs) if you were going to date. The concept, dating, how do we feel? I think that what would make him more interesting as, you know, something that would make many characters more interesting is if like this film or an adaptation of it was more explicit about like his queerness and his pining and his yearning for Gatsby, even though I think it's in here, just the, the idea of like making that an actual part of his character instead of him, you know, wanting to be a writer, like we don't really care about that. What were you going to say about dating? Um, I was going to say, like, with Leo... Well, I... Sorry. I'll, I'll hold it, but... Um, uh, so you're holding it? Uh, yeah, I'll hold it. Well, I guess the thing was just, like, would you date Gatsby in this? Like, would you be with Gatsby? Um, I feel like I'd be with him as a fling, but not in the way that he wants Daisy to be with him. Well, he's asking too much of her. I mean, he's See? not, but I feel like... <laughs> I if I was Daisy, I would be having a conniption. I'd be just like, look back the fuck off. Like you want this is everything that you want. Yeah, she not wanted him want. too, though. Like she the, no, but when he's asking her to be like just to say give up, you never loved him. Like uh, say you never loved him. Like ever. Like I feel like just. But like, do we think he, she actually ever did? Yes, she said she did. But I think that she. This is why I actually find Daisy to be a very fascinating character, particularly the Carrie Mulligan like portrayal of her, is because she's so. Like, I don't know. She feels very authentically, but she doesn't feel deeply. Like, she can't mm-hmm. say that she never loved Tom because she did, but I don't think it's the kind of love that, like, Gatsby like love, thinks love, right. that she he is, like... a notebook of her. Yeah, yeah right. it's the kind of love that Gatsby thinks she's giving to him, or she's not giving it to him or to Tom. She's sort of giving them the same sort of attention. Like, Gatsby cares infinitely more for Daisy than she does for 
for Gatsby. Yeah, she's like a prom queen. So she's just kind of like giving like love everywhere. No one ever gets to actually like fully like be with her. Yeah, yeah. but she, it's not like she's withholding it because she's reserving it for someone else. It's right. because that is who she is as a person. Yeah. Well, I like that in this Carrie Mulligan's portrayal, she's not a victim mm-hmm. in the same way that I felt like Mia Farrow played it. Where like she's still making her own decisions, even though oh, she's yeah. with totally. an extremely abusive husband. It's still ultimately her decision to leave with him. Yeah. Which like oh, with yeah. the whole New York scene where she does say like, Tom, yeah. like let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's very in control yeah. in yeah. this movie. I keep returning to the, I hope she's a fool, like a beautiful little fool. It's the right. best thing a girl in this world can be. I keep being drawn back to that scene because I feel like it's the most like honest and authentic portrayal of how she Daisy herself, like has decided to move through the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whether the fact that she has like the emotional maturity to be like, I hope that this is something that my daughter will be naturally. It means that that is like something that Daisy is pretending to be, or like has decided to be, but has the wherewithal to be like, this is a front. This is like everything else in the twenties. This is fake. This is something that I'm putting on. She walks in to the the flowers with Nick. Like she's just putting on this act of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. what you want to like love me? Oh, he really does love me. She's like, is in love with me. Yeah. It's just so playful, (laughs) but she's so in control. Like the power, Power she when she walks into that like yeah. home you know she's owning that scene mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but yeah. you know i think that that is why daisy and gatsby are sort of like this great tragic romance where you can be into them even though i'm not as into them as like the other stuff in this movie mm-hmm. but because like they're good for each other because they're both fake because they both are sort of like deciding to be these like beautiful untouchable people um a couple weeks ago we talked about the talented mr ripley and i feel like a quote from that movie applies like exactly the same way here which is it's better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody like that's gatsby's whole shtick yes like yes yes i will make something of myself even if it's built on nothing which is why the way lerman shoots it works so well too is because i feel like as we were talking about the blockbuster thing is like With Leonardo DiCaprio, it's hard at this point to cast Leo in something and not be like, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Playing off his star persona. Exactly. Like when he's Jordan Belfort the next year in The Wolf of Wall Street, you're like, oh, this is like Leonardo DiCaprio as someone. And so that I feel like this works in this favor of the movie because it's like, oh, this is Leonardo DiCaprio playing Jay Gatsby and Jay Gatsby's whole thing is like Jay Gatsby playing, you know, yeah. Gats, quote unquote, you know? So it's Jay, like Jimmy Gats. Right. Playing so Jay you Gatsby. have these yeah. people like people playing people and everything is just sort of a facade that they're putting up and Lerman's like playing into that by casting huge names. So if you had an unknown as Gatsby, you'd be like, who the fuck is this no, guy? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of casting. I mean, you look at like Redford in the 1974 and why, you know, Hot. I'm like totally <laughs> off the mark, but it's like, he's sort of the classic, what you think of Gatsby. Like it's Robert Redford. He's a movie star, but he's like a gentleman. He's like yeah. who every girl wants to be with. He's sort of like, and guy. Hey, I mean, Hey, there. hey. Obviously, I think that obviously Redford's a lot more attainable to the average American than totally. Leonardo then, DiCaprio. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I mean, Leo, like, off screen is known for you know like dating 24 year old models and throwing like saint tropez yacht parties Uh and like (laughs) (laughs) it's another taylor swift reference (laughs) (laughs) um but all of these sort of like you're playing into the the myth of leo dicaprio the man as well as leo dicaprio the actor who's like big prestige only works with auteurs like is able to lend like a real semblance of like authenticity to your movie whereas redford is like well of course we would get robert redford like he is like 
like the golden boy of American cinema. Yeah. And it's like, you don't really want that. You want someone who's a little more of like a playboy as someone who's a yeah. little more of a partier because like, it's so crazy because you look at Leo on screen and he is usually playing, you know, he's playing like a specific type of person that you would expect him to play. But then you look at him off screen and you're like, okay, well he, I mean, he cares about the environment. That's really great. But like, he kind of like, he's a little bit of like a player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a real celebrity celebrity. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant, brilliant casting. It's great casting. Yeah. It's perfect. For sure. Even Elo Fisher. Like, I feel like she's the perfect Myrtle in that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a name, too. Myrtle. Sorry. <laughs> what, Elo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's perfectly cast in that way. And yeah, I feel like you couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. <laughs> no, it was hit on the head. Um, to go back into the film, I think there are some things if we want to talk about, like Nick, where in the beginning, Tom says, like, Nick in college likes to watch like Nick was always yeah. there but he would just be watching which is both within interesting. and without yes exactly. I mean there was definitely like a very sexual d- tint to that line especially because yeah. he's like come on in have some sex yeah. right. I know you prefer to watch but. yeah <laughs> exactly which is mm, interesting really weird. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I don't know they're like watching this it almost felt at times that Jay was trying to date not like trying to date but Leo is very much like impressing uh, Nick where it's like their whole first nights, like their nights together. It's just like him putting on this facade, like, of, like this is why you should date me. When he brings him into New York city, he's just yeah. telling him all these great things about him. And Nick is just eating it up. He's like, Oh my God, like, I love this. I love this. I love this about you, you know? And he's soaking it up. And eventually like it comes to that, like sheen fades away, but it does feel very much like a first date that the two are on where you're just kind of, exposing like who you are to the other person you know well it's definitely the idea that like Gatsby is seducing Nick so that Nick will bring him Daisy but Nick doesn't really process that second part and like just falls head over heels for 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 Gatsby I feel like they have a genuine connection though like I would say that maybe Nick and Gatsby are the only two who actually have any sort of chemistry yeah yes 100% I mean, that... I wonder if their friendship does play into it. Having oh, had that, having the two having been friends, like I wonder if that yeah. plays in that they were so comfortable with each other. Yeah, they do because like their relationship, even in the book, and I mean this all, it all comes back to the queer reading. Right. But their relationship in the book is supposed to be like the only authentic thing that existed, like in this world, especially from Nick's perspective. You know, you're worth the whole mm-hmm. damn bunch of them put together. Like mm-hmm. you are like the only genuine thing. Yeah. Which which is totally not true like Gatsby is as much of a sham as like the people he hangs out with and the people he invites right. to his parties yeah. but in Nick's eyes he's so in love with him that he just sees the best in him yeah. and he gives him like it really like got me actually emotional watching it this time when uh at night Gatsby he like Nick is like yeah I'll do like the thing for you like I'll invite Daisy over for, it's for a tea favor. just and, a favor right and Gatsby is so sort of taken aback by someone doing something nice for him and like caring yeah. about him for a second and like that sort of genuine intimacy between the two men was so touching just to see like two guys just kind of caring about each other and doing something nice for each other yeah. you know well Gatsby gives a lot and yeah. everyone else is such a taker right it's crazy that like Nick is the only person kind of approaching from an out 
outside perspective mm-hmm. and he's the only one who's able to kind of reciprocate and the yeah. only one because he like he self-describes nick self-describes himself a lot as like a casual watcher and observer mm-hmm. like from the outside looking in like we said and so he's the only one that notices gatsby like looking back right yeah everyone just takes what gatsby is giving them and like doesn't think about it but yeah. nick is the one that notices how intensely gatsby feels like he's on the outside too yeah how he wants it to be a reciprocal relationship but like daisy doesn't see that yeah. At all. She takes everything that Gatsby gives her, the shirts and the, the young and beautiful well, from Tom sequence. Too. Yeah. 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 She, the, the only difference is that she is like the it girl. Right. Yeah. Like that sort of gives her a higher status, mm-hmm. but definitely Nick and Gatsby stand apart from everyone else as like a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Given a take. Yeah. That sequence when he's throwing all the clothes is so intense when she starts to cry with like young yeah. and beautiful, be- like booming. They're such beautiful shirts. you always look so cool the cool boy the man in the cool beautiful shirts and that that was the giveaway for tom he's like hey wait you guys are fucking you're talking about shirts he's like oh you're cool fuck i thought i was cool (laughs) oh oh my god the only gripe and so i do have a gripe with this film give us the gripe uh the super eight footage that's oh. not super eight footage. They keep it in a two three five ratio. What are they doing? Also, why isn't it black and white? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Wait, yeah. I have questions. <laughs> Baz Lerman. We gotta talk. I love the old timey logo at the very beginning yes. of this movie that yes. then becomes color. Yes. I'm such a sucker for that That's kind of stuff. That's the coolest thing. Oh and my the gosh. spinning newspapers or and it's stuff. Like the yeah. tweet that someone like had a, a it always pops up, but it's like when a studio logo's chrome, you know shit's about to go yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I feel like I talked about this so much in the League of Their Own episode, but like I'm such a sucker for like newsreels and spinning newspapers yes. and like yeah. old timey like. Here's the front news: Jay Gatsby found dead. Yeah, exactly. It's so great. I yeah. live for it. It's so fun. It's like that was the that was like the Twitter back then. You yeah. Know? Well, it's also so great how then you go into the music, like the Jay Z yes. and the Kanye West. Like, oh my god, it's just a great. It's yes. such an intro. The juxtaposition yeah. of the old and the new. <laughs> old oh, money and new money. So good. West egg and East egg. Um, I feel like, I think it helps having Leo as the romantic lead of this movie, but I feel like this is the most Baz Lermany Baz Lerman movie because yeah. it's the one that came after Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. Like mm. there's all those scenes of Gatsby being in the window and watching Nick on his lawn and Nick watching him back. And you're like, how am I not supposed to compare this to Romeo and Juliet right now? Yeah. Like it's literally the yeah. window scene. Totally. All of that stuff is just sort of playing in really nicely. Is um, it Leo's hottest movie? No. Oh, no. Romeo and Juliet is so much hotter. Didn't we say that? Okay. I said my favorite performance was catch me if you No, we i think we said that leo was the hottest in catch me if you can Interesting. on some previous episode i think so i think catch me if you can i think is his best performance i also think it's where he really? looks the I hottest think it's what's eating gilbert grape Ooh. oh here's oh. the thing here's the thing yeah i haven't eaten gilbert grape oh, no. <laughs> i haven't had the grapes i think it might also be johnny depp's best performance in oh. a way it's it's honestly it's more a... than sweeney <laughs> well here's the thing it's like now johnny depp has become who he is a parody right. of so himself. it's like weird to see him be able to like take like such Have dramatic depth. material yeah exactly without the bells and whistles so to speak yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean gilbert grape is but like wait, a great movie back to the fan casting what if johnny depp was gatsby oh god no oh, i don't like no. it you don't like it I well he does have work. his own Do castle not- like it so it does i feel I, like he's too creepy and i do like so i feel like leo gatsby's a little creepy though yes, gatsby is well, creepy. the thing is i like that leo is like a little bit unhinged in most of his yes. movies yeah that's and true he's kind of like 
perfectly unhinged he's in this movie. He's holding in his unhinged. So then when it does pop with the you're ice like, oh, scene, shit. you're like, yeah. you fucking crazy man. Yeah. But like his like his sort of bottled obsession with he's, Daisy. He's like veiny head. You in know that I mean? scene with the flowers when like yeah. his eyes do that weird Leo thing where they like get all intense. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, he this man has some issues. Right. Yeah. But, like depart when he goes departed Leo. Yeah. Or, or you know, Shutter Island. Shutter Island. It was the departed episode when we yeah. were talking about what Leo's out. Oh, the Departed. Pretty hot. Pretty hot. Pretty, pretty hot, hot Leo Austin. DiCaprio performance. Good city. Um, <laughs> what about you? What's your... So, Gilbert Grape's best Leo performance. Do you have, like, yes. a hottest Leo? Romeo. Romeo, okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's your, fair. Your I hottest think, is Catch Me Too? I think it's Catch Me If You Can. Um, and I think his best performance is Wolf of Wall Street, which I think I invoked on The Departed app. I've never seen Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, it's so good. You'll love it. I would watch it just for Margot Robbie, but, like... Same. <laughs> Literally... Okay, so I know everyone is like, oh my God, Margot Robbie and the Wolf of Wall Street, but I don't think people understand how difficult no, yes, it yes, is yes. to be, first of all, like that hot, like yeah. that unapproachably, like unattainably like beautiful and also have it be like such a good performance in like 15 minutes. Yeah. I mm. think she should have been nominated uh, and possibly yes, won. she could have won, yes. The Oscar. It's, I hate that that movie has been... There's like a, as we were talking about with film boys, there's like a certain type of person who's yeah. like, oh, The Wolf of Wall Street is my favorite movie, and you're like, fuck. The and you're Wolf like, of Wall I'm gonna your run away yeah. right. from you. But it's yeah. such a good movie, and like Marty is so good at critiquing masculinity, and so you're like, fuck, this is so good. But then the minute you say it online, everyone's like, oh, you fucking loser. But it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm not getting you on a Scorsese riff because it will just be a rehash <laughs> of the yeah, Departed I know, episode. I um, well, but okay. yeah, anyways. <laughs> great a lot of hot leo performances do you think this is his hottest performance no no i was oh. just wondering during it because I, I do think the suits this is i think hottest old leo because mm. i think there's a yeah. split that comes i don't know when the split is i think it's catch me if you can it's like the last like young I would agree. Leo performance. hold up i have his filmography up let's discuss let's discuss you vamp uh um let's see i mean i have a lot of random ass notes Wyatt, you were talking about oh gosh, how yes. much analysis you did for this movie so is there anything in particular that you would like to sort of put forth as a thesis that you saw this time or anything that uh, you're like you know what i just feel like really adamantly about this aspect of the movie i feel like we touched so many of the points that i already was thinking of I okay. Here is the thing, though. I I did find it interesting this time around that so much of what is like "quote unquote" the enemy in this film is like oppressive heteronormativity, mm. for sure. Which is like the relationship that Myrtle has with her husband, and the relationship that um, Daisy and Tom have. Right. Yes. They and both like, hate the people they're married. To. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's like what they have to do like to like play by the rules of yeah to be it, this marriage. Yeah. Exactly. And so it was just interesting to see like. In a weird way, Daisy and Gatsby are like somehow above that mm. in a weird way. Yes. A forbidden romance that can be as authentic as you want it exactly, to be. Exactly. Yeah. And it is funny. Like we talked about how Gatsby and, um, oh my God, my brain's not working anymore, but Gatsby and Nick are like the only genuine relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like so many marriages and right. it's like they're all so fucked up in their own way. Yeah. It's all fake and they sort of do it just to fit. Like Daisy marries quickly after Gatsby just because her mom's like, you need to like marry yeah, someone exactly. for money and versus she's, just like marry someone for caring about them. Yeah. She's a Louisville debutante. She needs to like have this big sort of like coming yeah. of age marriage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole pearls. It's the to do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
the pearl scene with Myrtle is so funny when they go like flying. It feels very like Batman origin story. You know what I mean? I really hate that you just compared it to the Batman origin. Well, story. no, yeah. you know we just see the pearls all the time when Martha Wayne dies. Yeah. So oh every, yes, I know. No, but no, I it's don't just every time like I see it. pearls, I'm always just like, ah, Martha's dead again. But I hate it's that. That's like your. <laughs> when you mentioned it, though, I thought about the pearls with Daisy. Yes. On yeah. the floor. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. like when they rip. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was talking about too. Yeah. When they fall yeah. all along the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also, because isn't when Myrtle's hit by the car. Yeah. Cause, also... Well, because Tom or uh, Jason Clark, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Wilson is like, where did you get these pearls? Yeah, from? exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've decided. And I think I found when Leo's old to young split happens. And I think it's between 2002 and 2004. So he does gangs of New York. And I think that's his last young movie. And then he does The Aviator in 2004's Howard Hughes, where he's like, oh, so unhinged. And there's a two, that 2003 year, I think he switches from like young actor to like old actor. But yeah. see, here's what makes me mad is that Catherine Hepburn slash Kate Blanchett. Yes. And yes. The Aviator. Yes. Like, that's so horny and so great. But mm-hmm. like, you never see Leo with a woman like that. No. After Ever. the aviator, now yeah. that I think about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very like we said. If you compare real life Leo to movie Leo, yeah. there's like a decent amount of overlap. And I think like one of the really big overlaps is like dating. Right. Twenty years. Here's olds. another question I have for you all: yes. Is what's like the last great like romantic film that you can think of? Not, and I'm talking about like like film capital F, like you know like. Gatsby to me is like a capital F film. Like Titanic yes. is a capital F film. That's but like, the best Leo performance, by the way. That's mine. That's oh, your pick. Is Titanic. I wasn't thinking about Leo that, being no, sorry, in Titanic. Not best performance. No, Catch Me If You Can is his best performance. Hottest. I mean, I think Leo in Titanic is the hottest he's been. That's but fair. you know, okay, never mind. I was gonna say best performance, but he wasn't nominated, <laughs> which is insane. Is it insane? I would I would have gone to those Winslet lower decks and is running circles around, around him, him. That entire just like Joel movie. in this. Yeah, that's so I that's that's a take. I think just I think in the ice scene is just when it really hit me that he is an actor. Yeah, I mean I feel like Leo is doing his like unhinged thing that he does a lot in that yeah. scene where he's like, Shut up But I just love that he's being met with equal mask energy where Tom's it's just great. like, Ha ha ha, you think you're tough. And they're so close. Right, they're, they're like racing foreheads. But to your question, <laughs> just in general, like of like when do you think it's just like sort of now. like because like, now the romantic comedy is like dead so like what is not even romantic comedy like the i feel like romantic drama exactly like yeah. i'm thinking like gone with the wind i'm thinking like titan like that like what was know. the last romance romance yeah almost like, like a bodice ripper but not really yeah almost yeah. just stuff that is like so fatalistic the way this movie is like is it this one Ooh, valentine Ew, no. Blue Valentine's fatalistic. But Blue yeah. Valentine is like small scale. It's not like a capital true, true, F. True, true, true. Like, Maybe Brokeback I mean, Mountain? I a four-quadrant movie. Yeah. Oh. They don't make them anymore. And honestly, oh. low-key. I wish I could quit you. <laughs> it's I don't know how to quit you, first of all. I wish I could quit you. The accent. I would just like you to know that you're playing into the worst stereotype about that film. What, the accents? Oh. No, that quote that people oh. like have done to death hey look that movie makes me cry every time <laughs> oh that's like in my top 20 movies like of all time yeah, i wish i could smell that jacket you kidding me? It. oh my god seriously i have did you the see DVD. that they were they have they were selling online a brokeback mountain they have a, like the leather jacket that has like brokeback mountain on the back no i like need that okay jacket ang lee <laughs> yes yes <laughs> what a filmography here we go yes um that is you. You raised a really good question about the romance, though. Like the last big R. Okay, romance. wait. I'm gonna connect this movie. to like 
and maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast. Say it. It's just kind of like more of a personal career thing. We can but cut it. I was talking about somebody at work about like trying, attempting to become a writer in the yes. industry yes. and going through television. And, you know, we're talking about the difference between pilots and specs. And I was like, listen, like specs are really hard for me because there's nothing really on air that I feel like fits my tone. And to me, I'm like, okay, like, I'm Lena Dunham. Like, <laughs> like there's nobody's ever done it like the me, right? The industry can't <laughs> yeah, handle exactly. me. <laughs> and this person who's like very well-placed in the industry is like, okay, then you're literally doing the wrong thing. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Don't like, tell me that. Nobody wants to read what you're writing because nobody does that anymore, you know? And it's like, that's kind of like how I feel about this movie. Like ultimately my heart lies with films and like, I just, die for like a three hour yes. romantic epic and yes. nobody's interested in making those yeah I, because they yes. like the market yep. demographic is kind of like gone which is so crazy but I the will romances sit down and you're watch... getting are like superhero movie romances. yeah exactly which are disgusting I, it's completely different playing field but I will sit down and watch Titanic any day of the week yep yeah same I would love uh, like a, I would take the both VHSs and get a piece of Domino's pizza and would love it like yeah that is like the greatest experience is like watching that film. I would Absolutely. love like a spiritual successor to Titanic, even maybe something <gasps> more epic. Whoa. Do you know what just came to me? What? Maybe your name, the anime. Oh, I love your name. That it's might so be good. like, you would love it. Jordan, I know. If you I know. haven't seen I it. Need to see it, it's like very, very romance. I'm going to quickly you, it's your guys's turn to vamp. Cause I'm going to quickly do a look back through the last couple of years and see if there's anything like a romance yeah. that really that hit. sort of catches me. But I don't think there is because like we said, to really make, like a big sweeping epic romance it's like it's the like, difference between like a romance and like a hollywood romance yeah yeah that market is totally like a gone. casablanca exactly yeah, exactly it's like, so I, weird though because i feel like there's so much unexplored territory especially with queer narratives Ooh, yes guys. well because all the queer narratives now it's just like any queer love story you get is either it's a about them being gay only yes b one of them dies in the end or c yes. there it's like about a prejudice and like they're oppressed or it's about someone learning to be like okay with them well yeah. this is like, like, you can't just have like a gay love story where like they just do something where it's like about something else you know what yeah. I mean? like they're yeah. just like oh the leads just can't be gay without it being about them being gay that's like the whole thesis of this podcast and i feel like what i touched upon a little bit last week in the old guard episode was like the integration the oh. integration of queer love stories into the mainstream and into basically like make blockbusters gay you cowards the idea that like queer people should be able to see that like type of romance on screen in a big way yeah this i mean that like straight people have always been able to and like you it's know like simon you know yeah even if it's something like semi-successful like titanic i mean leo mm -hmm. dies at the end but that's sort of like sweeping epic romance so i think wyatt your sort of broke back mountain analysis fits really bad and fits really well <laughs> hey wyatt you know what? you're that. an idiot <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to say too many things at once, but I did find, I think like the most recent, I think like sort of reinvention of this, you know, epic romance drama, or at least as close as Zombie we're going to get. Zombieland 2 Double Tap. Absolutely not. Why is that what you <laughs> went to? I was Emma Stone. Sure. <laughs> but and Zoe Deutsch. Don't forget. She was great in that movie, honestly. <laughs> I forgot the seatbelt rule. Broke. Go on. <laughs> yes. Um, is uh the Barry Jenkins universe? Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. But that's not those again. Those are so small and intimate. Mm -hmm. I feel like I wish that Beale Street had sort of like the talk. Yes, I wish that if Beale Street could talk had like the sweeping like epic like yeah. romantic like blockbuster run that it deserved. But like that sort of yes. like you know epic. I agree. Yeah.
I mean, yeah. So do you either of you have any sort of like big, any like last plot points? I mean, Gatsby dies. He <laughs> does die. He does get shot in the pool. R.I.P. In peace. Um, I like how dramatic. I mean, this whole movie is so dramatic, but like that last scene is like so dramatic. Yeah. Nick yelling at everyone to leave. Get yeah. the hell out of here. Yeah. And the coffin and like all the photographers crowding around it. Yeah. It's intense. very excessive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like everyone knows the plot of Gatsby yeah. at this point. It's not everyone like worth going this. over yeah. necessarily that much in detail. Or I guess most people read this in high school. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> some of us. Take it up with, uh, MCPS. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a classic time honored story. Um, yeah. And, uh, it kind of ends sadly for everyone, except for Jordan, who presumably fucks off to play golf. Love that for Probably her. Probably has the best life of all of them. Oh, absolutely. It remains her unbothered. Her lesbian romances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just continues on her way. That's the life I, I feel want. like Nick can probably maybe bounce back after, like, after don't you think? Release, he, like, releases the book. He has a nice career afterwards. Yeah, Probably exactly. falls in love with a guy. Moves yeah. to, like, you know, the middle of New Hampshire. Yeah. Or something. Oh, that sounds nice. He can become J.D. Salinger himself. Ooh, he writes The Catcher in the Rye. Yes. The Great Gatsby is actually a prequel. <laughs> to The Catcher in the Rye. You know, Here we go. doesn't Catcher in the Rye the 50s? Isn't that when it's supposed I to take so. place? 50s, 60s? Right. All yeah. the phonies. What is, yeah, it's the, he says phonies. How do you feel about Leo saying old spore and not sport? Wait, we didn't talk about the accents. Old spore? Like what? Is Play it ball? Is it supposed to be a New York accent? Long Islandy? Yeah. I have no idea. But it's it's obviously the like he's putting it on because he wants to seem like right. he's from Long Island, but it's right. so jarring. Yeah, yeah. No, it's aggressive. Yeah. Well, old it's also spore. weird because we know how he talks. Right. And I don't think he does it well. It's not like... Yeah. And I, I know that it's... I, I'm assuming kind of supposed to be a bit, but like... Yeah. It's well, not... Well, like Tom calls out and he's like, what the fuck is old sport? Yeah. Like, who are you? Yeah. yeah. That's a nice little expression you got there or whatever. How right. many years were you at Oxford? Were you? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. A mess. Uh, just... Uh, yeah. But that accent. Woof. I like um, Ella Fisher's kind of like Bronx. Oh, I love it. Her and her sister like, hey, that yo. rules. Yeah. yeah. Very Mae West of her. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Mae West just walked into the apartment. It's wild. Don't you mind if I take this seat right here? Beautiful. Oh my God. Okay, I lost it at the end. <laughs> oh no. my God. She just sat next to us. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, so this film comes out. It comes out. Brooke, can you tell me a little pop quiz here? Okay. What? is the billing of this film. <sighs> okay, so Wyatt, feel free to chime in if you think okay. that we can make this happen, but I'm going to try and guess the billing game. Okay, yes. I'm going to ask one preliminary question. No. Oh? Yes. Okay, is there a with or an and? Neither. Neither. Okay, oh. I'm going to go Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. You know, it's interesting. They had uh, Craig Pierce, who was the <laughs> screenwriter first. No, yeah, yes, Leo first. And then Toby Maguire. Yep. Then Carrie Mulligan. Yep. Uh, Joel Edgerton. Yes. Hila Fisher. Yes. Wow. Elizabeth Debicki. Jason Clark. Yes. And Elizabeth Debicki. Oh, wow. Not even above. Because this was like kind of like this an Elizabeth Debicki American okay. breakout. Yes. So she's she's on the poster, but she she's not built in the actual credits, uh, in the top credits. Yeah. It, yeah. So she's like, she's probably, in, is she in the big billing block at the yeah, bottom? Yeah. 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 That's so crazy. Because she's like, she's weird. She's like Australian and Polish and mm-hmm. like 
Irish, but she was born in France, and she right. like has this like weird like European. But Jason blend Clark, really? Well, he was her. biggish at this point. Yeah, he's oh, like weirdly oh, Jason kind Clark. of a big Hollywood star. Hollywood's favorite. <laughs> yes poor jason Clark. i feel so literally his wife cheats on him in every, every movie. single what was movie. the kira knightley one where he's off to war the brothers? aftermath aftermath also with alexander skarsgård brothers with toby mcguire <laughs> and natalie portman for some reason that movie's burned in my mind even though i don't think i've ever seen it no same i have never <laughs> seen that film but i know everything about yeah. that movie i've seen that trailer like a hundred times yeah what's up with that it's well, wait can i i've never I'm heard gonna say movie. that that film came out in 2009 and if it didn't i'm gonna be upset with myself brothers 2009 there Boom, we go baby. maybe brothers is the movie that actually affected me the most as i, I was mean, growing up could be it's like what if your brother went to war and died and then i slept with your other brother but then your brother was alive ah that's it's, gotta be the whole plot it has to be like a saving private ryan riff right no no, no. it's just no it's literally about like two brothers one of them goes to war and is married to natalie portman oh. he supposedly dies and then the other brother in consoling her they end up getting close and they fuck. And then the other then brother comes come homes and then it's like a, a home drama. Yeah. Yikes.com. Yeah. That's so bad. Mommy, why is it? Truly. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so this film comes out. Weirdly, it was in like the 3D renaissance. So that's why I was saying like mm-hmm. I saw it in 3D because it was like post Avatar 2009, you know, Christmas Carol. Right. Clash of the Titans, all that Alice in Wonderland. Right. The three most famous 3D movies. Christmas Carol, yes. Clash of the Titans, <laughs> and, and Avatar. Uh, Avatar. Naturally. <laughs> Uh, Don't forget Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Right. I saw that movie like five times. Did yeah. you really? I was doing the the Futter whack quite a lot. Yeah. Why did you see it? I so was much? a big fan too. My aunt I saw it with my aunts, saw it with my family, saw it by myself, and then probably with friends. Yeah. yeah. Like me and friends would just go see movies we'd already seen just because we were like, what do you want to do? I don't fucking know. Go to the movies. I feel like it's we underestimate dream. though how big a deal that movie was when it came yes. out. Because it, it was like, that movie made so, so much, much money. money. Yeah. But it was also like Tim Burton and he was still on yeah. his Tim Burton thing and like do you like that movie? Uh, yes, maybe. I like used to spend many hours in my bedroom editing like Allison Hatter like fan videos. Wyatt. <gasps> yeah. Okay, can which we, is we can, all know. Yeah, I'll show you them. <laughs> can, we, can we like tweet it? Uh, sure, if you want. <laughs> They're all so gross and messy, and I'm like, of course, I've become the person I've become. Right. But... I mean, like, if you didn't know by then, you should have known. The yeah. Hot topic girls were being fed oh, very well absolutely. during that time period. It was like eighth grade too, which yes. is the perfect time to be fed as a hot topic girl. <laughs> yes. Were you a hot See, topic boy? You know what? I was like under the table hot topic boy mm-hmm, i was thinking mm-hmm. yes i would be like i'm not gonna go to hot topic but it would always be like oh, i really want all the shit they have in exactly there. Yeah. yeah like i wouldn't outwardly confirm it right but, but, but like, yeah. they have all the cool stuff yeah <laughs> guys why are we all the same person that's right it's well fabulous. this is why we are unfortunately in this room together yeah exactly podcast anyway um so this movie how much does it make it came out um it made a hundred and forty four million dollars domestic on a budget of a hundred and five million which is not honestly not great, great. Yeah. um yeah. worldwide it made 353 mil oh, so, so it made it back it oh it totally made it back but like that's a high budget for yeah. this movie. It makes sense though, looking at like how much CG they mm-hmm. like used. Oh yeah. And also it's how star driven it was, you know? It opened number two. To wait. It did not open number one. What what so it's I'm banning because my page is loading. Mm-hmm. Ah you, let me know if you have it. Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm gonna see if I can guess it. Twenty thirteen. Okay. Twenty thirteen. One month, May. May. Mm-hmm. Twenty thirteen, May Marvel movie. Yep. Here we go. Uh twenty thirteen May Marvel movie. You're gonna be happy. Um, 
Iron Man 3. Correct. There we go. And its second week beat The Great Gatsby. There fucking go. I was living my life that weekend. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I might. I probably saw both of these movies like three times in theaters. Yeah. Iron Man 3 is actually a great Marvel movie. It's so good. It's yeah. great. It's a great, it's probably, it's my like number one or two. Yeah. Shane Black. You know what? I include Shane Black in the successful Marvel Disney auteurs list. Perfect. Because yes. he made a Shane Black it's movie. It's such yeah. a Shane Black movie. Yeah. yeah. Do you anyway. have a favorite Marvel We've oh discussed God. this because you had a recent tweet about Marvel, so that's why I asked. <laughs> why is Marvel Twitter the it, best thing? Is maybe the bane of my existence in a lot of ways. I, I'm a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, of those two movies. Gotcha. Were you a Marvel or DC boy growing up? DC, absolutely. This is why I, I have a Birds of Prey bedroom poster. It's like a, a great film. Yeah, exactly. And I love that Like DC is just willing to... like. Have fun. Yeah, and see what sticks. Yeah. They'll throw anything at the wall that's so fun. Who's your favorite like DC character? Hmm, that's such a good question. I know. I feel like probably Harley Quinn. Let's I, go. It Did you watch stupid. like Batman the Animated Series? Yes. Oh, so like her intro, you were like, oh, oh yeah. Boy. It was. It's insane that Harley Quinn came from a cartoon TV yeah. show for kids. Well, Paul Dini is like a genius. <laughs> Emerson grad. <laughs> Plug yeah. is like Emerson College, an institution <laughs> in Boston founded in 1880. Was it? Oh, it was. Yeah. Hey, wow, nice. Thank you. But that he's like, I only know years. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Christopher Nolan in my book. I as mean, far Batman as telling... the Anime Series is the greatest incarnation of Batman. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Love right. it. What's Guys, there more to say? This is so cute. That's all we need to say. So we wanted to do, don't look at this. Oh, okay. We wanted to do a little game at the end since the billing game was pretty quick. Um, I would, would like uh, Wyatt, you and Jordan okay. together. Um, <laughs> you can look other ways. To guess. Wyatt's like actively like looking at Looking away from my laptop on which I have answers. To guess the top highest grossing book to movie adaptations should we do this family feud style uh sure so okay lay down rules so three guesses or three if we have three strikes we're out Mm -hmm. and we can just alternate one and one if you want okay okay wait is this adjusted for inflation uh yes sure so but like (sighs) most of them actually i don't think it i'm not sure but most of them are modern they are all okay right they are all 21st century or like slightly very close to the 21st century now do you want to go sorry do you want to go 10 to 1 or do you want to go 1 to 10 oh we're going in order oh yeah trying to guess the 10 you know what if you want to guess the 10 go for it and i will tell you if it's on there you can you can take your you can take your first guess first my first guess as the guest thank you so much my first guess is gone with the wind uh no Wow. <laughs> X1 for Wyatt. So wow. maybe it's not adjusted for inflation. Okay. I did say they're all 21st century. I'm... Or sl- very, very close to the 21st century. Oh, Harry okay. Potter. Point. Which one? And the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh, Correct. That is number guess. one. Ding, ding, ding. Thank ding, you. Ding, ding, ding. Wyatt? I suddenly have never read a book in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, 21st century. Well, I saw one on your screen, so it's kind of cheating, but Life of Pi. Correct. That I, is number 10. Holy shit. Really? I yeah. never, I didn't even know that was a book. That okay. movie made so much money. Lord of the Rings. Which one? Uh, Return of the King. Correct. That's number two. There we go. Why? It's <laughs> <laughs> not even occurring to me. <laughs> I can totally give you some hints. No, I don't want to hint. I want to think of like at least one on my own. Okay. Because this is He's embarrassing. He's an independent boy. I'm literally like a 21st century book. No, think you're of good. It. The worry. help. Nope. <laughs> 
wish that was in the top 10, but unfortunately, okay. it is so not. Funny. It's totally fine. Also, we can we can cut out like Oh no, we're doubling down on this. of silence. <laughs> we're doubling down on this. Okay, uh, okay. Jordan, your, your I really turn. want to get one. Um, okay, so I said Harry Potter. Um, it No. Really? So that's three strikes collectively. No. Yeah, we no, we three strikes. Three strikes individually. Each. Okay, yeah. great. It is no. not on it. Wow. All right. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna toss you a little guess. There are two Tom Hanks movies on this list. Hmm. Wyatt. Two Tom Hanks. Forrest movies. Gump. Correct. What number? Number nine. Number so nine, you guys are Forrest like Gump? squeezing the middle Great. right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what long period of silence was that? Okay, a book. Tom Hanks uh, made a lot of money. Forrest Gump was already off the table. I'm going to say. Uh, 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 Is it on the tip of your tongue? Yes. <laughs> a book to movie adaptation. Why am I now thinking Just I haven't think... read a book? Gone Girl. <laughs> no. Wait, no, 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 no. I don't want Gone Girl. I don't want Gone Girl. I said it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Take I'm it the sorry. Table. That's a strike. How does that count? I said I don't want it. <laughs> but you said it. Okay, fine. You freebie, freebie. Fine. Uh, okay, can I have a hint? Uh, sure. Um, specifically on the other Tom Hanks star. Yes, yes. Uh, think about mm, books that middle-aged people like. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, 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 God. What the fuck is this? It's not the post. It's, uh... So close. I mean, not really, but, like, that's the zone. That's the zone that you should be in. It's, it's a series of books and also a series of movies. It's sort of like Tom Hanks' most commercial hit for, like, adults to date. <laughs> Bridge of Spies? No. That's my guess. Um, religion? No. Go- oh, no! <laughs> da Vinci Code. Did you say Da Vinci Code? Yeah, I did. Yeah, God that's damn it, correct. son of a motherfucker. That's correct. That's number seven. So you have three, four, five, six, and eight left. We have invoked one of these movies extremely recently on this oh, episode no. of the podcast. Like, extremely recently. So it's not The Great Gatsby? No. But, like, we have talked about it in this episode. Like five minutes ago Uh, wait so you think that i pay attention while we're talking on this podcast that's funny um okay can i have a hint uh no you can't wait no okay okay. no i can't how many strikes do we do we both have two strikes you both have two oh shit okay uh so they're okay i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking you were in the right zone with Lord of the Rings. I'm thinking about franchises. It's not Game of... Because uh, my head goes to Game of Thrones, but it's like, obviously, that's not a movie. Um, book to TV, not The Wizard of Oz's, not no. that. I'm just going through big movies and books. Oh, The Hunger Games. Which one? Uh, Catching Fire. Correct. Wait. Yep. Fine, that counts for me. Cool. Yep. Why <laughs> your turn? Well, I need a hint. So okay. Um, Wait, Catching Fire Part One or Part Two? Uh, Catching Fire. There's only is one Catching one. Fire. You're Jordan. Mockingjay Part One or Part Two? But the the gag is that Catching Fire should have been broken into two parts because that movie has by I mean that book Wait, has by far the most. Information. So it's The Hunger Games, The Hunger Games, Catching, Catching Fire, Fire, The Hunger, Hunger Games, Games Mockingjay Mocking Part. So the second one made more money than the third two did. Wait, yes. actually, I think which I makes know sense now. because I only saw the second movie. Because neither Mockingjay is good. Right. Brooke, can I get Breaking Dawn Part 2 for <laughs> for $500? That is correct. Ah! Is it really? <laughs> well done. All right. So we have one left. You have three left. Oh, fuck. Okay. One is the movie that I just said was very recently invoked right. on this podcast. Right. Which means nothing to Which, us. Yeah, <laughs> you think me and Mike Perhaps care? as part of your 3D talk. Oh. 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 Really? Oh. What? What? 
Well, Say it. it's one of the it's two, not but Clash I don't. Clash of the Titans. Is it a the Christmas Odyssey? Carol? No, you're so close. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Correct. nice, nice. Alice in Wonderland is number three. You have number four and okay. number eight left. Hint one. For, can I have a hint for eight? Uh. A book series that I really like that not a lot of other people like and also is about religion. It is a YA series. Not Divergent. Not that is not about religion. It is Dark Materials. I have talked about it. You're very close, YA. Chronicles of Narnia. Correct. Which one? It's got to be the, the first one. The Lion, in the Wardrobe. Correct. Yeah. Yep. There's no way you that's boy jumped the top the Dawn Treader. <laughs> Wait, that's crazy that that's in the top 10. Yeah, that's surprising How to me. How much money did that make? I don't know. I don't have it up, that's but fine. I will look no, it up we don't later. It. Okay, so we're on the last one. One left, and I will say you were very close with your Lord of the Rings guess, which was correct. So it's a fantasy. It's... Uh... Like, much closer. Oh, Lord of the Rings, the return, uh, the first one. Nope. Uh, Fellowship. Nope. Two Towers. Nope. So it's not a Lord of the Rings. It's a Harry Potter movie. Well, is it a Lord of the Rings? Sort of. Oh, The Hobbit. Hobbit. The Which Forbidden one? Journey. Correct. An unexpected journey. Unexpected. But close enough. Wow. Okay. That was a fucking disaster. Yeah, Here's the clean list. We what was the 3D one that we were talking about? Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you already got it, right? Yeah. Um. Here's the full list <laughs> for our listeners at home. Number one, for, Harry for Potter. On who beat us. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Number two, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Number three, Alice in Wonderland. Number four, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. Number five, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Number six, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Number seven, The Da Vinci Code. Number eight, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Number nine, Forrest Gump. Number 10, Life of Pi. Question. These, this doesn't include like repeating franchises though, right? What do you mean? So like, I would assume that a Harry Potter would occupy two spaces more than, say, the life of Pi. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it might not. Because there's no way that the life of Pi made more than all of the Lord of the Rings is. It was popular. Was I it? will have to double have check. You, have also, you, Life of Pi was 3D. See, have you eaten from the pie? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> that have Rooney you? Mara pie? <laughs> I have. Have you? I uh, haven't actually seen the Life of Pi. I have. It's good. You don't but have. Oh. I would just like okay, to we're fighting. say. I would just. <laughs> Ang Lee. I would just like. Yeah, Ang Lee. I would just like to say that if Box Office Mojo was in its previous glorious state i would be able to tell you all of the things about these box office this is kind of like 1976 great gatsby yeah where it's like it's instead box office mojo is this stupid stripped down version from imdb pro which doesn't let me search important things anymore like horse movies i don't yeah like (laughs) horse movies which doesn't so i don't have um you know these keywords with like you know revenue readily available so that is all i have to say about that bummer and that's that well well done. Well done. We fucking sh- yeah. both hit of the, you. Well, we were Isla Fisher getting hit by a car on that one. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Just because it made a lot of money doesn't mean it's a good movie. You guys did great. I think you did great. Thank you. T.Y. Personally. So as our guest, Wyatt, what yes. are your final thoughts? Where would you rank this personally? Hmm. Where would you put this on the queer quadrant? Yes. As I think we mentioned, we have our dual rating. So you yes. can give it your personal s- seal of approval and knock it down on the queer quadrant or the reverse or right. on the queer both. quadrant. Consider it like you're shooting an arrow. Okay. Is it a bullseye? Is it a bullseye? Or is it like Where's it land? Off the target. But it's also out of five. Wherever you feel is wherever you feel. <laughs> I would say five star film for me personally. That's and what that- you love to see. <laughs> Ooh, you do love to see it. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, I also would say this is a very queer movie. I would say not on the bullseye, but just oh. a little bit Askew. to the right. So what's that? Where's that? Out of five? 
Ja. <laughs> Out of five, it's a yeah. <laughs> Out of five, it's a yeah. I'm trying to like really put into maybe like a 4.8. Damn. So we'll give it a, f- a four and a half. Uh, I mean, like it depends. I, I'm a big believer that you don't have to have like boys and girls kissing for a movie to be queer. Oh, hell yeah. Queers in spirit. And I think yes. this is a 4.8. We completely agree in terms of queer <laughs> spirit. I love that. Yeah. Spirits as ghosts. Exactly. As in the F. Scott Fitzgerald eggs that inhabit my body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald at one point in this came out of wife's body like a ghost. It was a little intimidating, but we're just going to go with it. You know, like what we had to say. 10 yeah. out of 10 callback. Um, me personally, I would give this film four out of five stars. I love it very much. I may be not quite as hot on it as both of you, but I love it. I think it is beautiful and ostentatious and glorious, and it makes me want to dance and drink a lot of champagne so when in my book i love this movie i think it's great queer quadrant ah i am probably gonna give it a love simon or right down the middle with two and a half stars um i do think that there's a lot of like beautiful like lingering glances and like a lot of pining from toby mcguire and like we talked about those like sizzling intimate connections between the two authentic people in this but other than that i think they could have done a lot more because like we said nick is pretty boring pretty bland pretty wet toast that we called it yes yes um a little little soggy yeah and i think that is the movie's fault yeah how about you sir a fat five on the dot for sure on the personal i mean i think it's impossible nonetheless um i think it is it is in i don't think it is it is in my top 25 of the past decade oh shit i think this is I think it represents the 2010s in a way in terms of opulence and how it's portraying excess in the American dream and how it sort of tears down at that and like a cynical look at that through the guise of like a blockbuster film. I think that on the queer rating, if we're looking at it, I think that as we have sort of talked about throughout, like I wish that this film was more clear in its content that it wasn't so subtextual, like that they had Nick sort of wanting to bottom for uh, Gatsby a little bit more, <laughs> if we're going to go there. Um, I mean, how much more clear can you get? Yeah, wow. right? But, I mean, like, if you're looking at the novel, it's clear that there is so much queer subtext within it. And I think it is really cool how, like, the novel and the film and sort of these things are sort of being recontextualized in the modern era. But given that the movie doesn't have as much, I'm going to give it a fat three. I'm going to go with three. Nice. I would probably go lower, just but my love of this movie... I can't completely Mm -hmm. acceptable yeah so it's a three uh and that is Gatsby yeah that's the great Gatsby party (laughs) the gay Gatsby (laughs) the great Gatsby (laughs) would you like to guess the letterbox rating I would like to I'm gonna say a 3.1 final answer yeah that sounded positive. Three, three. Oh, really? You're very close. That's a nice I, surprise. I thought you were going to overshoot it. Yeah. Oh, no. I yeah. thought, because most people who I'm friends with on Letterboxd don't like, like it. Underrank it. They're like, this, this movie, movie sucks. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. why I went low. Yeah. So when we go low, they <laughs> go high. <laughs> Brooke, Wyatt, Wyatt, where can people follow you? Yeah, specifically. Um, yeah. Follow me at W-Y-Y-A-T-T on everything. Great. Um, follow me into my home. Follow me <laughs> <laughs> to work. Um, what, is the, what is the stick it line? Love you. Stalk, stalk you. you. <laughs> <laughs> White's inviting you to do that. Yes, please. I'm so bored. Uh, he wants just some drama. I but, highly recommend White's social media. Yes. Thank you. Anything in particular life-changing. that you want to plug? Oh, gosh. I want to plug my 
romantic life. <laughs> He's like, swipe right on me. Please. If you see me. I just like to establish that me and Brooke are both better off than Jordan. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I have nothing to plug. I'm so sorry. But thank you That's all great. for having me on. Oh my God, thank you for so coming welcome. on. Thank you. Yes, seriously. Thank you. you it was fabulous. such a joy. Oh my God, stop. And Brooke, you want to wrap us up? Well, you can find us um, on Twitter. I am at Brooke B. Solomon. At Jordan H. Gus. And we are together at Queer Quadrant. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us five-star reviews, just like this is a five-star movie. Tell us about all of the opulence and glam and glitter that you love about this thing, um, or tell us why you hate it, in which case we'll just tell you we'll that you're you. wrong. <laughs> but tweet at us. No, we'll block you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet at us. Tell us what you'd like us to see cover next. What you like to see us cover next? Speaking of covering things next. What are we covering next? Next week. I actually don't know. What are we? Next week, we are covering all about Eve. This was in the oh. roaring 20s, so we're going to bring it a little bit forward, but also bringing it pretty back. What about her? So 40s, all about her. All about her. All about all Eve. All about Eve. <laughs> Great. Um, so that is next week, so you can look forward to that. Very um, exciting. Jordan has a twinkle in his eye, and I believe uh, you have... Oh what am I, Santa Claus? Something nice to close out this episode. <laughs> And so, a reading from The Great Gatsby. <laughs> oh, God. Gatsby believed in the green light, the orgastic future that year by year recedes before us. It eluded us then, but that's no matter. Tomorrow we will run faster, stretch out our arms farther, and one fine morning. So we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. That was beautiful.